What's up, everything? Hockey has dumped all the content on us in one week, so we've got to move, move, move. So let's get started and let's go Blues. The number one overall selection in the 2020 NHL Draft belongs to a team yet to be determined coming from the qualifying round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Panic on the streets of London It is Saturday, June 27th. We've done so many consistent Fridays lately that I almost forgot, but it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited tonight because we've got a lot to talk about. We've got content. And we may even disagree. Probably, probably not no, much, no. But, this is about um, a sport where people punch each other in the face, but then they give each other nice handshakes at the right. end of a series. That's right. Uh, yeah, the NHL and hockey in general overflowing with content this week. We will talk about it all. Uh, the fireworks are going out on out, going on outside. One week in advance of Independence Day. Listen, I like Independence, but y'all a little extra. That's all I'm saying. It's just <laughs> They've been going off around St. Louis for like the last three weeks. Well, sure, but that's for like protests and stuff, right? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know anything. But, um... But, you know, so if you hear that in the background, apologies, but the studio would be blazing hot if we didn't have the window cracked. So. Mm. And the cat. I mean, you've all met the cat before. She's been a little extra, so who knows what's going on. But uh, who knows what's going on is a pretty good descriptor of the NHL as a whole right now. So it's a, it's a, it's an appropriate starting place. Mm-hmm. Ian, before we do that, how's life? How are you doing today? It's good. It's good. It's hot outside. It's hot and it's sticky and I'm tired of it already. Yep. We're one week into summer and I'm <laughs> over it. I'm over it. I know. It's like, uh, I always hate, I really do hate that summer is whatever it is, 21st of June to September? Yeah, so September 21st no, or something. that's not summer. My birthday is in... Summer. summer, but it always felt weird to say that because we were in school at that Your point. Your birthday, which is August 34th, right? Yes. Okay, <laughs> good, good. I don't want to tell I, I don't people. want anyone to corner my That's birthday. Right. One of the reasons Ian and I became friends, well, not, I don't know. The only the reason, reason that was. Is that uh, Ian guessed my birthday out of the blue with no, mm-hmm. no frame of reference? None. And just, uh... Just popped out April 17th, huh? I, I wasted. I wasted my one free guess <laughs> in, in life on that. Oh, it could have been the lottery numbers, but nope. <laughs> but it was your birthday. Your lousy birthday. That's okay. Uh, You're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so uh, it is summer. We went to a, a new dining establishment on the Loop tonight, checking mm-hmm. out. We 
I mean, I went inside. You stayed yeah, safely I had no mask. Outside. I own a mask, but I forgot to bring um, it. But I got the food, and we ate outside in the rain, but under the canopy, and it was nice. Yeah. It was, you know, not mind-blowingly better than Chick-fil-A, but I'd say... But it's local. Better, local, That's not what, substantially sh- more expensive. I mean, no. for three of us, it was like eh, $40, but I tipped for some reason, which was my own dumb fault. So. Prior to even getting the food. That's right. We so. hadn't even been there before. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Go out good. and support your local yeah. establishments as much as you it was, can it was, in these times. It was wild to see. I don't I don't Jake think Allen's I realized how much... Well, that's true, too. Yeah, so we were in there. and Well, I was in there and waiting in line, and I saw a guy, and I was like, that guy looks familiar. Is that Jake Allen? That's not Jake Allen. But then I saw his calves, and he had hockey player calves. But he's but those aren't but goalie those aren't calves. But goalie calves. You're right. You're right. And so I was like, but he also had a blues mask on, and I was like, no player would wear a blues mask. And then I was like, or would they specifically do that to throw me off the scent? And he also had like glasses, but they look like they could be Clark Kent glasses. Like I'm gonna wear these. I don't need them for seeing, but I don't want other people seeing me. So it was very like. I was kind of like, eh, 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 eh. But I was finally like, nah. But, you know, Pardon Jake me. Allen lookalike, <laughs> Break Talon is, I assume, his name. Nice to meet you today. I'd be like, so pardon me, are you Brian Elliott? <laughs> Moose. Um, I'm like, no, you, you never will be. <laughs> yeah, that's And then right. walk off. That's right. I also met uh, your muscle dog. Yeah. Ian has uh, a roided out freak show of a dog who's very sweet, but very eager to meet new people. Yeah, she's uh, she's a handful. Yeah. And she's she... going to be even more of a handful when we have this new puppy on Tuesday. That's right. I enjoyed her considerably, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like, you want to discipline her, and I'm like, it's fine. But, but it's not fine. You, you know. got to learn the Heisman. You got to learn right. how to give her the well, old I fi- Heisman. Well, I finally did give her a little bit of one, you know? I think next time we'll have a better... Give her the gruff. ...better starting spot. But that's been our adventure of the day, and now we're here to talk about hockey, and what's what you all came to listen about, so... Buckle up, folks, because the NHL draft lottery happened last night. And, as we all predicted, the team that takes the first overall pick is Team H. Was it H? It was Uh, some team. Whoever Winnipeg was. Uh, It was, uh, of course, it was one of the teams that will be in the qualifying round. Of the or <laughs> I guess now we can call that the have your cake or eat it too round. Oh, it was Team E. E. Team okay. E. Um. So the draft. Uh, Bill Daly walked to the podium and informed the audience that he had eight cards to read from instead of seven, which meant that a team had moved into the top three from. I guess. I guess it would mean from outside the top eight. From outside of the seven. Top yeah. side of the top seven. Um, if we know who got the shaft, number eight, Buffalo. Sorry, but not sorry. You know what? You did it to yourself. Be better, you know? So. I felt bad for Buffalo, but also, like, your chances were the lowest of making, getting, uh, like, first overall anyways. So, whatever, man. This is kind of, this is your, your place. This so they is your only bid. moved from seven to eight. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They didn't, like, plummet. No, um, but they've picked uh, eighth three separate times in the last, like, in the recent memory. And they've picked Casey Middlestat, Alex Nylander, and Rasmus Rustalainen. So, woof. That's, yeah. yeah. 
I'm sorry, but whoever you're picking there, let's say, uh, let Jake me give Sanderson. me names. Yeah, Jake Sanderson. Sorry, not going to be very good. <laughs> or is not he? Gonna, not gonna, He's not going to work here anymore. Seventh, the New Jersey Devils, who I assume all of these teams moved down one spot. Mm-hmm. Sixth, the Anaheim Ducks. Fifth, the Ottawa Senators, who had the two, two, two and three were their original. Yeah. Positions. So this was their second one. This was their own that got moved to. So fifth. they moved from third to fifth. From and second to fifth. From second to fifth. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, who we'll talk about, mm-hmm. had every reason to deserve the first overall pick. Moved from first to fourth. Which is devastating. I would. I mean, they're obviously the team worst affected by this mm-hmm. by a long shot. The Ottawa Senators also maintain the third overall pick. The Los Angeles Kings get to cap off their very strong uh, couple of years of drafting and developing with mm-hmm. a uh, Quentin Byfield or Tim Stutzla. We'll talk a little bit about the. Um, some of the prospects that are, you know, being discussed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, the mystery team that it will be the first overall team. Um, when Bill Daly read that this was the mystery team, because they read that Ottawa had third, yeah, and so then they do. revealed the first one, obviously, because there's no point in real number two. And so when he revealed that it was a team yet to be determined, you could kind of see on his face that he was a little ashamed that that's how it worked uh, out. You could see on his face that he was like, oh, no. Yep. Oh, shit. We did, we did it to ourselves. Um, so as I understand it, this team will be drawn uh, if the first round, or if the qualifying round goes ahead and they play the playoffs without any further delays or cancellations. They, the eight teams that don't make it out of that initial five game series, three game series, five game series. Yeah. Best of five. Uh, will ha- each have an equal 12.5% or whatever it works out yep. to chance of winning this pick, which is, abs- I mean, that's absurdly high as we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, that is 12.5. That's around what that's one eighth. But that's, that's around what the first overall. What's that like? Fourteen to Detroit? Uh, have like, they had like eighteen. They have just shy of twenty. Okay. So I not think. okay. Um, and if if for any reasons the playoffs are canceled, uh, that well for any reason we know what the reason would be. Whatever but, reason it might uh, be. But if the playoff or you know restart effort is canceled then it will be a drawing of the bottom next bottom four teams in each conference, mm-hmm. which I guess would be like Chicago. Um, well, I guess I can look it up. I'll look at the NHL standings and we'll see. But it would be that tier of teams um, in the East. It's mostly it the be, same ones that you would think yeah, would, be would be bounced. Like the Canadians, Panthers, um not the Sabres, the Blue Jackets and the Islanders, I think, if I'm reading this right. And then, or the Rangers and the Islanders, because the Blue Jackets would be in. Yeah, the Blue Jackets would be in. So Canadians, Panthers, Rangers, Islanders. And then in the West, it would be the Blackhawks, Wild, um, Coyotes, and Canucks. So... 
I th- I think we're gonna play. I think we're they're gonna kind of smash through into a playoff. Yeah. No matter how much sense it makes, so I don't think that's gonna really matter. And so if I got those teams wrong, forgive me. Why don't we start here because I think there may be some disagreement on it. Uh, what do you think of uh, this being the outcome of the draft? Just. Not not looking into necessarily who else went where, but what do you think of the first overall pick going to a supplemental draft? Because I think that's kind of like the flashpoint where there are two very strong mm-hmm. sides and they do not see eye to eye. Oh, this is one hundred percent fantastic. Okay, this is the this is the best thing to happen to the NHL since I don't even know when since the NHL was invented. We'll say. <laughs> um, I understand why people are upset. I get it. If the Blues were a top or a bottom top, a bottom seven team, especially in like the top three position, you know, had one of Ottawa's two picks or was Detroit for sure, I'd be super livid. I'd be pissed. It's unfair. That's it's crazy, especially when you have to suffer through the season they suffered through. And uh, no offense to Detroit, I don't think they've been bad long enough. So I think I feel worse for Ottawa because I'm like, you know, Ottawa, you deserved. You deserved better, I feel like. I mean, three and five is very good. And I think there's a stat that someone tossed out of all the different names that have been drafted third and fifth in mm-hmm. the last, like, five years, and they're all NHL players that are very good. That doesn't really mean much, you know, going into this draft. That doesn't prove anything, but it just goes to show, as as if you had to prove that picking third and fifth was very good, as if, like, you know, third and fifth, un, you know, unbeknownst to anyone else, very good picks mm-hmm. to have. Um but going back to my point, though, I, I think this is great because it adds an extra layer to these qualifying rounds, both for, for everyone, for fans of those teams and also for just fans watching. You're like, oh, man, is Chicago going to make it to the next round? Do we really want them going on a heater in the playoffs or do we want them to lose? But then they have 12.5% chance to have a man that will ruin the Blues' lives for 20 years, possibly. But also, does he go? You know, does he go to Vancouver? Does he go to Edmonton? Does he go to uh, to who else? There, Pittsburgh. Any of these teams? Like, I think for me, uh, Lafreniere to one of these established teams is fun for me because so often you have Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin? Is that his name? Okay. That didn't sound, that didn't sound right to my ear. Um, going to these teams that it's just like, I mean, heck, even Connor McDavid at that point in 2015, going to these teams where it's like, Jesus, like you, you get, you're the only guy there. And like, and then you're like Jack Hughes this year, who I felt kind of bad for. You're on a team that still didn't improve that much. You played all right, but you got like 30 points maybe or something. I'm sure he's going to be better as time moves on anyways, but it's like, Okay, we have to wait for you to start up. We got to wait for the getting, you know, the getting to get good. Heck, even Nathan McKinnon took a while, yeah. And he was on a team that I think was probably a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that's the team, part of that's the players too, because they're still eighteen, they're young, they're learning. But I'd love to see Lafreniere in a team that's like, dude, you can be a contributor today if you want to, and if you're not, it's okay because mm-hmm. we're still a good team. That's so. That's a much different trajectory for a player than it is when we go, man. You're the only guy here, yeah. especially for a winger. It's like you can't put everything on a winger. A winger is like, I, I have the least amount of responsibility on the ice. Mm-hmm. What would you like me to do for you? Yeah. So I'd love to see him on a team that actually has like, 
a core already built. I'm like, oh shit, Lafreniere's on the Montreal Canadiens, a team that can't score. Holy crap, this is the only thing we needed. Um, I am also willing to bet this will bite me in the butt and you'll be a Chicago Blackhawk or a, a Nashville Predator or whatever, and I will hate it. But also, the fact that it's possible he could end up on a team that just, like, makes sense, a team that's already established, a team that doesn't have to wait for him, a team that they don't have to... They don't have to wait for him. He doesn't have to wait for them. Mm-hmm. He can just get up and go. Um, it's such a cool thing to me because it, it's never going to happen again. By 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 nature, it'll never happen. You know, like there's the, the 1% chance, the 2.5% chance that any one of those teams moves in and gets the first round pick anyways. But it's like some of these teams, like the Pittsburgh Penguins, were a playoff team before this. And they would have never had a shot at Lafreniere. And now they get it. And I understand that sentence makes people upset. I get it. But I think it's so cool because chaos reigns supreme. And fuck the NHL. For all the same reasons people are saying. Because it's a garbage league. And they did a garbage draft. And yes, I'm glad this happened to them. If anything, take this as a thing that's a big F you to the NHL. Because I think as much as I've heard them talk to like Gary Bettman all these guys, when they talk to the GMs of these teams mm-hmm. that got screwed, the, like, seven teams that got screwed, um, these GMs are kind of like, eh, you know what, it is what it is, because this this is a chance of this happening every year. You know, no big deal. But when you talk to, like, the NHL people, they're very like, yeah, you know, and now we'll just have to, you know, wait and see, I guess. And that's and that's cool. I th- they're, like, have to back into it. They're like, and you know what, I think that's pretty neat. They're not even convinced mm-hmm. that what just happened was good. And I'm happy for that. I'm happy that it was bit them in the ass. Yeah, you know, I'm very, I, when this happened, when he turned over that card, and it was just the NHL logo, which also, by the way, looks a lot like the LA logo. So when he flips <laughs> it over, I'm like, who? Oh, okay. A team yet to be determined. Uh, I was crazy happy. I have maximum so, chaos. I feel like I'm going to argue the opposition. That's but fine. I feel like, honestly, we sort of agree, especially when you say that it's kind of, you know, it's like, fuck the NHL a little bit. Like, this is, this is nonsense. <laughs> this is a nonsense yeah. situation to be in. They'll be happy when he ends up with Montreal, Toronto, Chicago, uh, any of those teams. I think if Pittsburgh, he... but if he ends up with, like, Calgary, Minnesota... Minnesota Winnipeg, they're gonna so, be like, oh no no no, we can't let this happen. We're gonna change. We're changing how the draft lottery runs from now on. I'll start here. I don't think there should be a draft lottery. I think it's nonsensical, or I think it should be massively restructured. Fourteen teams should not have even the slightest chance at getting the first overall pick. There are situations where teams are actively tanking. This year, the Detroit Red Wings are just one of the truly most god-awful teams ever iced for a full season in the NHL. Mm. And that's because of mismanagement. I'm not saying it's, you know, Mm -hmm. just happenstance. It's not like there was some tragedy or something that caused them to lose three or four great players. But, like, they're truly awful. And they could they couldn't have won more than they've won they won more than people expected in some cases, 
And so, like, I I don't know if I really believe in the draft lottery as a as a thing, because I don't think tanking happens as much as it does. And I sometimes think if it does, fans are more invested. I think fans, some fans like the wearing the paper bag over their head and stuff like that more than it. The Buffalo Sabers, if I understand correctly, have never moved up in the draft lottery. They have only ever stayed at the pick that they were slotted in mm-hmm. or moved down. That's why that that's not why, because they've been mismanaged. Go back and listen to last week's episode. We trash plenty on the Buffalo Sabres. The Pagulas like, would argue different. How do you improve? If you if you if you are terrible for a decade and every year you're not getting a pick you deserve requisite to your terribleness. And you're getting bounced, and instead of picking, you know, in the Connor McDavid Jack Eichel case is like an A plus and an A, you know, without a plus. But like, if you know, if you're bouncing down from seven to eight, and uh, that's the difference between two tiers of players, you know, like, I don't know. I if you'd talked to me two hours ago, I would have been like screaming right now when I was listening to like the. 31 Thoughts podcast, and they were all like, oh, this is great, Maximum Chaos. And it's like, no, because you're a garbage league. You're a trash can league that can allow stuff like this. And, like, I just, like, I was thinking about the Cleveland Cavaliers earlier today, and I was like, are the Cleveland Cavaliers still a franchise that they don't win LeBron James? I don't think so. Now, did the NBA put its thumb on the scale to help them win LeBron James? Probably. Did they freeze the envelope so that Patrick Ewing could go to the New York Knicks? Almost certainly. But, like, I have been, what I've been bouncing back and forth on seriously in this whole thing is trying to decide if this is the biggest proof that the NHL does fix the draft lottery or the biggest proof that they don't. Because it's extreme proof of one or the other. I just can't decide which. It's just, I, I think they're too stupid to fix it. I think probably you're right. But it like if if he ends up in Montreal, I swear to God. I mean, we can talk about your power rankings here in a second. But like, who who will believe? Who will trust this process ever again? If the Montreal Canadiens win essentially two rounds of the draft lottery mm-hmm. to get the hometown kid, you know, to play there, it's just I. The season is absurd and. I, you're completely right that in a normal year, like the Philadelphia Flyers moved from like last team out of the playoffs to get Nolan Patrick three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So it can happen. And if it happens in a normal year, whatever. Didn't the Blackhawks move up a fair bit to get Kirby Doc last year? I think they went from like seven I think to so, three yeah. or something. But I just, I don't know. It just feels like so just trash can league to me it feels like they're validating max kellerman a little bit by like how do you have a how do you have a mystery team how do you have a (laughs) two-tier draft lottery anyway that's why that's still something i don't get why not just wait why couldn't this just wait because they really had to think about it so and i think that it and that that's the reason i lean towards oh maybe they fixed it because like the only reason to rush it is to have the intrigue to have immediate content and then to have the extending intrigue. And now we've got to talk about 
what, 16 teams? There are mm-hmm. 16 teams that could have the first overall pick now. And honestly, it, to me, truthfully, it kind of damages the integrity of your play-in round. Because, oh, well, that's already a just bullshit. Well, sure, but like, if I'm the Blackhawks, I don't want to win. Yeah. I'm not advancing in the playoffs. I'd rather take a 12.5% chance of getting Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah, you have a less chance of winning the Cup. Which is a pretty good chance. That's a one in eight chance. You're going to, I know that's not Whereas, how they, yeah, I know this isn't how they feel, but you aren't, even if you win the Cup, not really a cup. Yeah. So well, why as well just go for the player that's going to help I you win real cups? In in their case, having won three cups, I don't know that that's not how they feel. Yeah, you like, know? why not? Uh, and yeah, it's just like the, I don't know. It's just, this is the best first overall pick since at least Austin Matthews. I don't think he is Austin Matthews, but the last three years have kind of sucked. Relatively speaking, you know, I mean, Darlene, Heischer, and uh, Jack Hughes are all good players, but they're not that franchise-transforming. Remember when Jack Hughes was that for a little bit, and Uh then somehow he's not anymore, and now he's Nico Heischer? Maybe he's actually not going ahead of Capo Caco, and it's Mm -hmm. like, eh, he probably still is, but yeah. Um, Capo Crap. So Lefrenier, you know, and not a center, which is always a bit bit of an issue, but like the... I'm clear, clear number one this year, and clearly, I would say easily better than any of the last three before him. You know, and several of the ones before McDavid. Very McKinnon like is what they keep talking about. Yeah, Very Nathan that's a pretty McKinnon-like. appropriate comparison, and he's phenomenal. And and I do see your argument. Like I I see the excitement of him stepping onto a team with let's just say the Canadians, like he Mm -hmm. can step in and play immediately with Max Domi and Jonathan Drewin and whoever. And like, you know, he'll be in a forward core where he doesn't have to carry the whole burden and he's not expected to produce everything and he can just play at his own pace. I get that. I really do. And that's, that's cool. I just think the whole process is so bizarre and it's so, I, I don't know. It's just like, it feels embarrassing to me. You know, it feels like it's a, a, I'm known as like a hockey fan with my friends. And it feels like at some point I'm going to hear about how the hell did this happen? Except no, I won't because nobody cares about hockey enough to even ask, you know? <laughs> so like, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's really stuck in my craw wrong for some reason. And I, I'm no fan of the of the Detroit Red Wings, although I think I'm more of a fan of them having gone to Traverse City the last few years and really liking the state and the people there. And, you know, that is their training camp, and I feel like it's a very hospitable place. But, like, I just... How does this not... Like, if I'm a, if I'm a Red Wings fan, mm-hmm. I'm done for a while. The gap between... Alexi Lafreniere and number four is seismic. The gap between Lafreniere and the Byfield Stutzletier is pretty considerable, but not earth shattering, you know? But the gap between one and four is just massive. And I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you, how you recover from that. I guess probably in the Red Wings case, they're just as terrible next year. Good. And then, which was fine. And then, you know, hopefully they get a run at that finished weirdo. 
Uh, he's not a weirdo because he's Finnish. He, you know, has foot I mean, fetishes. But <laughs> no, he doesn't. I mean, it's both things. He's just weird because he's Finnish. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've warmed to it. I, I, I think you're right that ultimately it's like, um, Benny Hill, the NHL version of <laughs> Benny Hill, you know, and people chasing each other with I, clubs, and it does add intrigue to the first round or the qualifying round. I don't it know. is interesting. I just I have a night. I I'm kind of with you where it's like I just I'm I have a nightmare of Chicago winning it. I don't even dislike Montreal, mm-hmm. but so help me God if they just get the first great French Canadian star in two decades, I'm just gonna be so pissed. I really I really am. Like I'm gonna be so angry if that we're, happens, we're so and I different. will a hundred percent believe it's. A fix. It's like you know, you will never convince me that that wasn't preordained. Um, you know, if it's, <laughs> if it's the Penguins, I can't wait to watch this. Other than my supervisor being unsufferable, if it's the Penguins, I can sort of get behind that because it, it'd be kind of cool to have a guy that can step in and like help not help Crosby be great, but like mm-hmm. give them more life than just sort of watching Crosby and Malkin sunset. You know, I'd actually, that'd be kind of cool to watch See, that's that. What I mean, they like, could get another cup or two out of them. Why don't we talk about your power rankings of the teams who could win this? So I stop ranting because it is fun. I mean, it is fun. It will be more interesting and more intriguing this way. I just think it's like a stupid system to have. I yeah. guess I'm matter at the system. And I really, I do think Detroit got absolutely screwed. Ottawa got a little screwed, but mm-hmm. not terribly. But Detroit just got completely effed over. And Sad got Sad Iserman with his shaved face and shaved head is right to be dejected and furious about this. And I'm sure that the league has had several calls from Stevie Y over the last couple of days expressing his anger, and I think they deserve it. They'll rebound just fine. I have well, no I just I <laughs> I understand it. But yeah, like I'm painting, I'm painting Detroit with the Detroit brush, where I'm like, I don't care about Detroit. Well, I still don't give a shit. And they, I get that doesn't mean that it's not that doesn't mean that it's not unfair. But I don't. I they do can mean, sit in the basement do you mean for Det- forever. Do you mean Detroit? Detroit, Detroit. I love, but Detroit can sit in the basement but, for forever. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Except for Robbie Fabry. Here's I'm so the sorry. thing. They won't rebound just fine. Good. That's devastating. I have I have to say, I, wait, here's a conversation they have. They have apparently the nicest arena in the NHL. I'll never That's know because there's never a reason to watch a damn game in Detroit. That's hot and ready, baby. Well, it's not the Climate Pledge Arena, but we'll get to that yeah. later. So, like, getting the first overall pick, especially like your McDavid's, your uh-huh. Matthews and stuff, really changed your franchise like completely. Um, but what I was thinking when you were talking about this and like how these teams deserve it, or you know, that changes tra- the trajectory of your team when you get these these uh, generational players. I personally, this is real bad. This is I would never say this if the Blues were in this situation. But we've just won the cup. We're defending champions, so we I gotta be an insufferable asshole. Um, just be a, be a better organization. You don't need if you need a generational player to save your bacon then your bacon fucking sucks. <laughs> then you need more help than that. I That's not probably even true, but I'm just saying if you go from 
first to fourth, and you're right, I think that is a big gap in this draft, and it is in many drafts, you know, first to fifth, first to sixth, it's just, like, astronomical. Then, you know, you've got, what, who do they even have in their their uh, pipeline? Zadina, Cider. Eisenman, work some magic, baby. You worked some magic in, in Tampa. You did your best. Was it, yeah. Apparently it wasn't good enough. Uh, but I get it. But I understand. My... But I'm just saying, there's things you can do. There's things you can do to become a better, uh, have a better team, a better organization. I don't disagree with that. I don't think it's all you just yeah. have to win the first overall pick or you're screwed. I do think that if you look at hockey over the last decade or two, the teams that win without generational talent are the exception, not the rule. The Blues, yeah, pretty the much Blues us. I would say probably in the last 20 years, have probably the biggest gap. Like they won, they're probably the team that won the Stanley Cup. This is a hard thought to phrase, but like they have a general generational talent less than any team that has won the Stanley here's, Cup in a decade. Here's because a good way Crosby, to phrase it: Kane, yeah. and even I would say as good as O'Reilly was last year, Kopitar, mm-hmm. and even Dowdy to some extent, and Quick when he was really mm-hmm. on were higher talent Bergeron players. Chara in 2011, Bergeron yeah. Chara. We don't have, as far as I can tell, unless someone has a crazy career ahead of them, and that's possible with like Robert Thomas or mm-hmm. somebody, there is not a single person on that cup-winning team that will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame on the Blues roster. Yeah, I mean, there's some people who will have a case. You can have but... a case, but I, there's no shoe-ins. There's no first no. balloters. No, I, I think, mean, there's... I mean, if we win another cup and Petrangelo plays yeah, the whole future, here, lots in. of stuff in the future. But yeah, no, there's nobody right now who you say lock and load. And maybe know? that's unfair, because now I can look at the Bruins, who were, won it in 2011, and I can look at them now, and I can say, oh, Patrice yeah, Bergeron. But, but some of those guys were... Chara, probably, yeah. and... But since, like, what? Since, like, the 2008 Red Wings? Mm-hmm. That pro like, since before that? Who won before that? Anaheim? Have, I mean, they had Hall and stuff. Here was I think Hall. there's an argument Did that... Did they have Hall? That was the team that had Hall? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, I mean, they had Zetterberg. They have uh-huh. all these other guys. I would say since since the 2006 Hurricanes, has there not been a team that's won yeah. the Stanley Cup that's probably not going to have a Hall of Famer in there? And even they have Eric Stahl, who might yeah. make it. That sort of player, you know what I mean? Like, so I get what you're saying. Like, you yeah, do need to have generational talent. It's not an excuse for them to not build a team. It's not. I'm not saying woe is the mission. Woe is the Red Wings. Yeah. All I'm saying is like, I'm taking a strong, a much stronger ter- stance than yeah, what I really I feel we as well. Agree, but like in terms of energizing a fan base who can't go to the arena right now anyway, even mm-hmm. if they wanted to, with TV ratings dropping. You know, maybe we we should actually talk see if we can have the Red Wings podcast on here to talk about it because like the just the gap between Lafreniere and Cole Perfetti, it's just you know who who I think who Sam Costantino was saying is like a lock because I guess he plays for the Saginaw Spirit, mm. so he's local, but he's not local because he's not from Saginaw. But whatever. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I just, I guess I, I really do have some sympathy for that fan base because I think I know what it's like for one thing to just get a, a bum, relatively speaking, as a first overall pick. <laughs> I mean, Eric Johnson is a really solid 
he's been a he's turned in he's kind of like a Chris Phillips yeah. where he's turned in a very a very no, good career. You and meant, he'll play a thousand games. He'll fly past a thousand. games. You mentioned the other day that Shen and Samford scored those goals uh-huh. in the game seven and they were part of the Shanker uh-huh. trade. And then I was like, oh, and we got Shanker for Johnson. Yeah. So really. That's right. A perfect first overall pick. He won, the, he won us the Stanley Cup, as all other first overall picks have. But, like, I know, and this is not crap on Eric Johnson, because I actually really like Eric Johnson probably more than most Blues fans, and I have a lot of respect for the player he's turned himself into with the Avalanche. But, like, I already know how much it sucks to finally be lucky enough to win the draft lottery in a year where doing so is just not the same. Mm-hmm. And I know how much it sucks to go through a long period of like just hopelessness, you know, as you've more so as a Rams fan, even than as a blues fan Mm -hmm. where you just like, you know, and then to see even with Sam Bradford, it's like, okay, we finally got this pick and now he's a fragile, you know, (laughs) splody boy. And it's just like, I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm honestly, and it's not because I love Detroit or anything, but I am pretty sympathetic to that fan base. I'm sympathetic to Ottawa who did everything right after they'd done everything wrong. Uh, and they somehow got, you know, which I still, they never would have expected the Sharks pick to be the fifth overall or the third overall or whatever, whichever one is which, but like, Mm But, like, they they seem to get a lucky break in that, and then they don't actually get a lucky break. It's just, I don't know. I, just, I don't love lotteries. I love the fun of it. I'd love it if the, you know, if the years of the Blues, if the 2018 or whenever the Blues missed the playoff, they bounced up to the top three. I'd have loved that. But, mm-hmm. like, it just seems to punish some teams unevenly, and it'll be interesting to see. Who does want it? So now let's go into your power I was going to say, if they were to redo, change all the draft works, I like the lottery for the excitement of it. Mm-hmm. But I do think they should do a weird thing when, I don't know how the math will work on this. But basically, like, hey, the first overall pick is in play for the five worst teams. The second overall pick is in play for the ten worst yeah. teams. And the third is in play for the 15. Yeah. Or rather even than, just, like... Because, like, to have the first, like, go... To even possibly go to, like, the team that, like, the Blues the one year they just missed by a point to that avalanche. It's like, we were almost in the playoffs, and if we were the 1% team, be like, and you get whoever that would have been that year. Nico Heischer would be like, okay, this seems, that seems a little unfair. I just think that, I think maybe it's even that the odds for the first three teams just need to be higher. The fact that the worst team in the league has less than 20% yeah. chance of getting the first overall pick is kind of silly. 35% is still way less than a coin flip. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, or 30% or whatever. Like, I just don't get, you, you want parody in this league. They talk about parody all the time. That's why we have a bogus system where 16 teams get into the playoffs in the league of 31 teams. And why people are constantly bitching about, oh, when there are 32 teams, we'll have to expand it. Which, of course you won't, because the teams that are 16th, are garbage teams and there's once in a million years where yeah the blue jackets swept the tampa bay lightning and that's going to be the justification for this bullshit for the next two decades when it never happens again in that period of time you know but like anyway now i'm just going off rabbit trails but like (laughs) if you claim you want parody and then you let teams rot in obscurity for a decade Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like i don't know it just seems to seems to not really um 
matchup to me. I don't know. Yeah, the, NHL the NHL talks out. Yeah, you're right. All right, so go into your power rankings. I've teased it so, enough. Yeah, you've said it so many times. So Neither this, of us want Chicago. Yeah, so obviously it. bottom of this is the 16 teams that could possibly get the first overall pick. Uh, Chicago, dead last. Obviously, can't have that. Yeah. It'll happen. But, you I'm know, pretty I'm, sure, yeah. I'm I'll just stare at the screen and go, okay, well, that's the way the Blues life works. Back I'm to sure, like obscurity that's, with us. That's an, when they, on 31 Thoughts, they named the teams that teams thought would be the biggest mm. um, conspiracy. And I was shocked they didn't name Chicago. And I guess it's because it's local and, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, but see, they named conspiracy because, like, everybody's conspiracy against Canadian teams. But, like, I would think money markets and mm-hmm. they love chicago as a money market that's the reason it's a 24 team playoff is to get chicago and montreal in there so like i agree with montreal being in there i agree with toronto a little bit but chicago would be next for me yeah it's like i could um, see the league being... the league does not give a damn about pittsburgh pittsburgh happens to have Sidney crosby right now yeah that's why they care but they don't care about pittsburgh as a market come on get out of here i was like yeah pittsburgh... it's a good market right now because sydney's sydney crosby is there they're not trying to pump its tires i was like yeah and it, it floats on its own having lemieux in the history yes. of that franchise mm-hmm. and yager and stuff so it's like they don't yeah exactly they don't have to put any money into it and to be quite honest as much as that team that city uh, it's like top 10 in viewership all the time and yada yada. They would be anyways in their small market. Yeah. So it's like a percentage base mm-hmm. that's smaller anyways. Nashville, obviously can't have that. La- Lafreniere in like an or- like a, a yellow jersey, Ugh, I don't like it. He doesn't fit. French, yeah. Canadian, and Nashville just no. don't feel right to me. I think... I'd, I think I'd flip those two. I think I want Nashville to get him less than I want Chicago to get him. Because, yeah. like, at least, at least if he he's on Chicago, Chicago, like, I hate the Blackhawks, but that'd give me more reason to hate the yeah. Blackhawks. I feel like they'd utilize him. I feel like yeah. somehow in Nashville, Nashville, they'd, like, destroy his, uh, the, his soul. The thing is, like, if, if Alexi Lafreniere played for Nashville, and I'm not being hyperbolic, he would be two times better than any other player that's ever played for the Nashville Predators. Better than David Legwand? If you, yeah, I, would, that's a, I was going to say, if you look at their career leaderboards and see some of the names on there, which he's the leading goal scorer, mm-hmm. I think, woof. Yeah, he's <laughs> as right much as, as much as they've been fine and i know david poyle is the greatest general manager of all time as i shake my head vigorously left to right um yeah that team's not that's not been a good franchise and i don't want them to just get this shot in the arm you just hate that they're smashville i hate everything about that damn city winnipeg number number three to the one to the lowest that's that I don't the want. slot that actually won it so you yeah know. well they deserve it the least you look I, I feel like i don't hate winnipeg that much. i mean i get that they're in our division although you have another division team a little bit higher here mm-hmm. but like i feel like if winnipeg got it i'd be like eh. <laughs> you have mark shifley you yeah. have patrick line who's learned to be a better two-way player which by the way I don't buy. Yeah. I don't buy in the least. Yeah. They're like his goal scoring is down, but his assists are I've up. And his, I was like, okay, so now he's a great two way player. I've seen his face enough to believe that he's never learned anything. Yeah, shave the pubes off your face. Uh, Islanders, that'd be number four because if he goes to the Islanders, I'll forget him, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I'll forget him. Just like I forgot Jack Hughes, just like I forgot Nico Escher, I will forget him. And he should not. Just don't go to New York, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders. I remember them as teams. I know some of the players on those teams. I pay zero attention to those teams. But Alexi Lafreniere and Matthew Barzil. 
We were having a debate. Matthew Garza has not signed up for Alexa calling and granted you drop in permission. <laughs> to call instead, just say, Alexa call Matthew Garza. I will not. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> what, oh, because Lafreniere, I'm, I'm surprised she didn't trigger before that. <laughs> uh, we were having a debate on the Hockey Rider Slack channel about whether Matthew Barzal is a leap, which he's not. But I kind of settled on, I think that's just more a question of how you define elite. Mm-hmm. If your version of elite is the top 25 centers in the league, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, to me, it's like the top 10 players in the league, then no. Yeah, no, But, no. I mean, imagine if the Islanders had <laughs> more than one good player. <laughs> maybe they would be interesting. No, I, I don't think, think right. they will. I think you're right. But... They choke, choke the offense out of what him, about, Steven. That's true. But what about... Well, we don't know what offense he has anyway, because he's scoring in the queue, and that doesn't count. That's true. What about... The Columbus Day game we always play against the Islanders. Think how much more exciting that would be. Didn't we blow that one? We were up like 3 nothing. Yeah, yeah, we usually do. It's always a trash show. It's trashy. Uh, Next team, Calgary. Uh, Kind of for the same reason. I feel like you go up there and they'd just be like, we're turning you into a two-way forward. I'll root for Calgary a little bit only because imagine how much more chaotic their summer would be if they got... Yeah. Then they'd trade anybody. Then Goudreau could be gone, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that, Give us Matty Kachuk. I do like the Battle of Alberta. So yep. he could, so he could yep. be there. He could make that a little more interesting. For Lafreniere sure. versus McDavid. Mm, I like I that. With that. Uh, Minnesota was the highest I placed anyone in our, our division. Because you know what? Minnesota, you're hearing me say this, deserves a break. We they deserve we've crapped a break. on Minnesota throughout the history of this product podcast. Your family is from there. You mm-hmm. went to college there. Most mm-hmm. of your college out there. He did finish college, just not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've crapped on them a lot. Uh, the state of hockey stuff still irritates me. Mm-hmm. But that is the most boring team in the NHL. Yeah, and, and they deserve a shot of life. Yeah, and he won't save them. No, 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 no. no. no they no, had no. Marion Gabrick in his prime, and he, he yeah. couldn't save that team. <laughs> they drafted Marion yeah. Gabrick. There's, like, there's no way this guy alone will save that yeah, team, but right. he'd be fun. And you know what? That's all they ever seem to like up there. They talk about fun as if it means they're any good, and it's not the case. Like, fun we're going to draft him, you know. Yeah, like that. Um, Arizona after them because i was i was back and forth on arizona because for the same reasons of kind of like the islanders where it's like oh that'd be cool that team would be fun you know give them a little more a little more energy a little more life give them a fun talent to play with some of their young guys coming up but also arizona just always seems to be treading water and i feel like they will still be treading water with lafreniere just sitting Mm -hmm. there as an extra buoy yeah that's kind of like yeah not very fun toronto dead center because i waffled the hardest on them where i was like if they get Lafreniere, it's going to be insufferable. But if they get Lafreniere, they have they have a, and I mean this a thousand percent, they have a three-year window. And people would say, it's not a three-year window. They'd figure things out. They'd move Nylander or whatever, and they'd still have everybody. If they get Lafreniere, they have a three-year window, and then that team explodes. Yes. That yep. team will explode. I will, I'll do I'll I'll say this I would move Toronto higher only because I would enjoy so much 
watching them still not win Stanley Cups <laughs> by just yeah. keep adding generational that's talent. I mean. Let them win the next one and the one after that. Well, that's the thing, too, where I sat there and I was like, if they had Lafreniere, I think that team of almost any team, even the team with Crosby and Malkin, I think they need him the least. Oh, yeah. They need Max, or Max, they, they need, need Alexis Lafreniere like so, yeah. Camels need water. You do not need, <laughs> oh man, a left wing that can score? Wow, the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> need that so bad. I would love it for them to be, like, again, and they talk about this all the time. I don't, don't know why I hate this team so much. They talk all the time on the Steve Dangle podcast about, like, you know, we're not built to win games 2-1. We win games 8-9 to nine, or, or, you so know, 9-8. So are not eight. built to win in the playoffs. And I was like, okay, so yeah, you'll lose games 9-8. Yeah. Like, here's, here's the thing. Austin Matthews ain't re-signing there. Tick-tock. It's not happening. <laughs> it is not happening. So the clock's ticking. I loathe that franchise and that fan base so much that I want them to succeed. I want them to fly higher mm-hmm. only so that the inevitable, unmistakable, <laughs> unavoidable crash is that much farther. Toronto is what I th- used to think Minnesota was to me because I... I lived up there and I heard about them all the time. It's like, you guys are not the center of the universe. But if I told them that, I feel like they would look me in the eye and they go, you know what? You're right. We're not. But you can't say that Toronto because they think they are. I don't want Alex Petrangelo to leave St. Louis. But if he does, uh, my one comfort... if Pox upon his house. My one comfort if he signs anywhere but Toronto yeah. will be that if he signs here, they'll just say... They'll just immediately, like, flipping a switch, they'll gaslight everyone and say, oh, we were never that interested, or, oh, he was never going to leave. Mm. You know, we never thought he was actually going to come here. But if he signs with the Dallas freaking Stars, then they have to be like, how do we lose Alex Petrangelo to the Dallas Stars? And that will be a story in that crap hole town <laughs> for four months It'll be half of the season that that will be the narrative. I was listening to the Scrubs podcast tonight, or this afternoon, and Donald Faison was asked where he would want to live if he had to, his choice of anywhere in the world money wasn't an object. And his first choice was Toronto, and my respect for Donald Faison dropped precipitously <laughs> in, in that moment. I hate that city so let them get alex alexi lafreniere and then i will watch them burn <laughs> uh next after toronto would be carolina uh i feel very little for this team but that'd be fun that'd be fun he'd be on a fun team with fun young people and then after that you got florida again same sort of thing fun young fun young mm. energy uh would he be wasted in florida yeah, maybe but like i enjoy florida I don't know why. They might, they might get a seventh fan. Yeah, I like his parents. His yeah. parents. <laughs> uh, then you have Columbus, because you know what? I think Columbus... Flavortown. Flavortown, sorry. Uh, yeah, Flavortown, Blue Jackets, uh-huh. deserve uh, a talent. They haven't had like an amazing talent since like Rick Nash. I mean, I guess we're just going to name the other first-round pick. but like, If they change the name of the city, though, yeah. to Flavortown... Yeah. Then won't they have to change the name of the Blue Jackets because it's evocative of the Civil War? We don't want that either. 
Um, they can be like the flavor, uh, the, the, the flavor town, town triple D, triple D's. <laughs> Flavor down frosted frosted tips. I would love like there's so many uh, letters there where you could just call them like the FTD like uh-huh. on their thing. Yeah. Like what is that? That's the Flavor Town Triple D's baby. <laughs> but I don't want them to change anything about their jersey. No, everything else. Stays Everything's the same. the same. They still have that little Blue Hornet guy. For yeah, the they have the cannon. Someone said Columbus Cannons should have been their name, and oh, oh. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Columbus Cannons. Change it. Change everything. Yeah. Flavor Town Cannons. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rangers, New York Rangers, because yeah, you know what? I of the original six teams, I think they're my favorite. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I thought they're both wingers. That'd be crazy. What if your two best players were both? Wingers? Well, then you got Panarin, who's another winger. Oh, you what if got, your three best you players? Got, well, you got all these wingers. I mean, they got to do something other than wingers, that. But you wingers be. everywhere, not a drop to drink or something. So my top. That'd be the weird thing though, where they'd trade Kako for like. I don't know, like Barrett Hayton, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, "You got a center, but did you get good value?" <laughs> like, sure, we got what we wanted. Yeah. And, uh my top four are ones that would piss people off, minus maybe one of them. But that's why I, they're my top four. So you have Pittsburgh because why not? Why not? They already have Crosby. Why not? They've got Crosby, Malkin. They've got. Uh, Flatang, they've got Gensel, they've got the other five Guns. like players that no one knows their name, but is always there and scoring. Do they have Connor Sheary back? They got him back. They got Brian Rust. You know, like, and then just add add a Lafreniere in there. There you go. Have some fun. Like, that's a shot in the arm that, for that yeah. team. That's another cup. That's another cup. cup. Here comes cup. another cup. Uh, Edmonton, because yes, because yes, I think they should really be my second team. Because yes. So I'm gonna let you know I'm down with the Edmonton. People would be so pissed, and I'm here for it. Connor Edmonton McDavid gets another one. Is so good. Conrad they and Alexi Lafreniere on the same team. But Leon Dreisaitl is a very good hockey player. He's not as good as people think he is because he plays with Connor McDavid, and that's how friggin' good. Connor McDavid is so good that he can turn teammates into Hart Trophy winners. Mm. He's and I'm not kidding. Like I think Leon Draisaitl is very good, but he's not a Hart Trophy winner. On Imagine these team. three on a line together. Get out of here. That's the best line in hockey. Oh my god, that's the best line in the history of hockey. <laughs> that's unbelievable, and I want to believe. I do. And the best part would be how they'd still miss the playoffs. Yeah, they wouldn't be any good. Oh, they'd be, be very bad. And I love it. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. I'm here for this. Yeah, I'm oh, very yeah. here for the Canucks. Canucks because you already got Elias Patterson, you've uh-huh. got Brock Besser, you got Bo Horvat, you've got like young fun players, you got Quinn Hughes. Got a fun energy. Yeah, you got fun. Man, that just be fun. Fun Vancouver energy. I used to hate Vancouver ten years ago. I couldn't believe I'd be saying this, but I'm I'm here for Vancouver. I'm here for their wacky jerseys. I'm here for their fun Northwest energy. Mm-hmm. They got mountains. They got an ocean. They can ski. They can go to the beach. They like Seattle without the Chaz. Yeah, they got no Chaz. They ain't got a Chaz. <laughs> In hell, chance in hell, <laughs> we got it. And number one, I know this is your worst one, but Montreal, because yes, because I want to see the French Canadian star in French Canada, and I like the Canadians, and I want. Why though? Yes, is it yes. just because Brendan Gallagher's there? That's part of it. That's fifty you... percent of it. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Then no, fine. but like Montreal, because I like Montreal. I would like to see Carey Price matter. 
just anybody else. If it wasn't a French Canadian person, I'd be down. I would have them at the very top. I just, I'm tired of that shit. They are so friggin' self-righteous and <laughs> up their own ass about that. I mean, yeah, they do. They would be super pleased that, of course, he speaks French. Imagine, okay, here's the thing. Imagine it was a Minnesota native. Would you <laughs> put the wild number one? You would not in a million years get out of here. That's No, lot. I don't think so. So... Why are you down with because this? Because the Wild aren't in our division, or the Wild aren't in our division. How insufferable the Wild fans would be if the number one pick was a new Minnesota but native. I don't have to live. I don't have to live with the Montreal but people. But you will when I this don't. happens. No, it's a sleeping tiger. Ian. No, but that's the no, thing. No, 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 no. I don't no, care. Ian, but I don't no. care. But you only don't care because they're not what they are yet. Think about I guess. what Toronto is on crack. Because that's what Montreal would be if they got good because their best player was French-Canadian again. But that's okay because they're the Canadians and they are good. You're rooting for the Yankees to get the best player. Yes. Why? <laughs> no, they're, the they're evil not. Empire. They are but the they Yankees have, but, not for the, but not for the longest the time have they been the Yankees. for the longest time. <laughs> no. well, what? No, the Yankees have the been the Yankees, Yankees for a very long time. Though, oh, like, but that's a long time. This is all time-based, though. Montreal hasn't been a good team for a long time. Oh, but it's not been long enough. How many cups do they have? A oh, thousand? But how you feel about the Canadians right now is how I feel about Detroit, where they're like, but they're so bad. I'm like, good. Good. <laughs> they could be bad forever. But then why don't you feel that way about Montreal? Because they're not in our... De- they've never done anything to me. Well, they've sure. never done anything to me. Stalin never did anything to me. <laughs> I'm not sure for him to get the and I don't really hate thing. him either. Okay, well, then, that's it's a out there. Reason. It's out there. Ian, Stalin neutral. That's what. That's what. I'm a Stalin truther. <laughs> oh, uh, like I, I, I hear what you're saying, but Montreal <laughs> is just. N- they're nothing to me in the best way. Okay. In that, like, they're just like, <laughs> but I want, yippee! I just want you to think about how quickly they would stop being nothing to you. No, they wouldn't, because I don't listen. The oh, problem with the problem with Toronto, to me, really, quite honestly, is that I listen to the Dangle podcast and I enjoy it very much, but they are always up in our yes, face about yes, the Maple Leafs. Yes. But I don't listen to a Montreal podcast. No, but the, every podcast becomes a <laughs> Montreal podcast if they get Alexi Lafreniere. I promise you, Ian. I promise you. I want it. I want it. I can't, I, 31 thoughts? I, I can't tell you. I'm sorry. A, oh, Ian. You're, you're just, oh. Sorry. We don't disagree on much. This would be so bad for I you. want him there. I'm... As just just to convince you of the error of your ways, I kind of hope it happens now. So in, See what you wish so for. in six months, when you're bitching on this podcast <laughs> about how insufferable every media outlet is, I can just say, "Yep, yep, yep." He's gonna be a black. He's gonna be team, a black hawk anyways. That team makes speaking French a requirement for their head coach. That's why they suck. That's part of why they suck is because everybody knows that you can't speak French and be a good NHL head coach. That's that's well, the I don't rules. know. Oh. Uh, yeah, so they'll keep sucking. Put, no, the, put them there. Uh, It'd piss Toronto off. That'd be fun. That's true, but at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? It'd piss Boston you? off. I think it's a lot. I think the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know? That's that's your most convincing argument, pissing those two people <laughs> off. That's pretty sad, but yeah, yeah. that I can see. But uh, I just think I think you're. 
think you're not thinking about the ramifications. I might. I don't think you're I plugging might, into the butterfly effect on this. I might one. like Edmonton more. I might have Edmonton number one because that would piss everyone off. Mm-hmm. And it would be fun, and I could like engage with that more because they're a Western think how team. How insufferable they were about not getting Pierre Luc Dubois. <laughs> but that was fun. Uh, that was fun to me. Fair enough. But yeah, but then that was fun. Then what's the opposite gonna be? That will also be fun because uh, it won't be uh, enough. You're, you're just here's oh, my you're incorrect. You're here's so my incorrect. here's my uh, my hot take, which I don't even think is that much. Isn't even a hot take. I think it's what everyone agrees. <laughs> but he's gonna be enough to like put a shot in the arm for a team that's already established. For a team that's not, which I would even say that's Montreal. You know, like they have a core, but is the core even that good? Mm-hmm. Eh. They're they're gonna need more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're going to need more. Yes. I essentially agree with you. I just... But but I will I, I will like... agree with you that they'll get him and they'll make it sound like we're done. We did it. Yeah. We will now win the <laughs> cup. They will make it sound like that like, instantly. I don't like bad people getting good things and all French Canadians are bad people, <laughs> so... Since you've started watching hockey, have you noticed there are more French Canadian people just on TV and things? I think uh-huh. that's not there's not more of them. I just recognize the accent. Yeah. yeah. I watched this glass blowing thing on Netflix, the blown away, and there was a guy with an accent, and I knew it immediately. Is David Perron. He's the only one. But they all sound like David yeah, Perron. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to think that was his voice, but that's just like the hive mind voice. They but all sound the same. Hasn't David Perron killed it a little bit? Killed that accent a little bit? Like, has he been in St. Louis too long? I don't know. I can't even do I'm it. I was going to sure try and do it. I'm pretty sure that dude pronounces Gravoy just like I just did. I'm oh, sure oh pro- well, that's that's how French Canadian people are, though, because they're well, French Canadian. Yeah, they're the maybe. backwater French people. <laughs> that's right. That is true. That's the weirdest thing to me is that they're, they're like, we're better than you. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're the, the trash people. Canada, and they're the trash of the rest of the planet. <laughs> and that's why Canada sucks. They are, what is that? They're Stella Artois. Stella Artois over here is marketed as like a fancy beer. And over in Europe, it's marketed as like hick beer. It's marketed as white trash beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. You are Stella Artois, Montreal. <laughs> I, I've, I've warmed to your position. But. Don't! Cool! It should be cool to it. It's great. It's good fun. I don't think it's as fun, you're right, as in Edmonton or even in Vancouver. But I think it's more fun in a in a hate, spiteful sort of way. <laughs> you know how fun how you have fun with people by just <laughs> pissing them off? Yeah, I do. I do absolutely know that. I'm a little uncomfortable with how well I know that. But, um, yeah. Okay. All what right. was that? That was like a good hour? Yeah. A good hour on the draft? an hour and one minute, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, more things? Should we talk yeah. about more things? I got a lot more to There's talk about. There's a lot about. more. Oh my god. Oh my god. Alright, uh, let's get moving. Uh, the remaining hub cities are gonna be Vegas and somewhere else. Vancouver was eliminated. Why? Did the NHL tell us that, or was it COVID concerns? Or? Uh, I think, like, Vancouver themselves were like, here's what the NHL wants to do specifically, and Vancouver was like, eh, I don't know about that. But they said, still please, and NHL said, well, no. <laughs> and they moved on. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Vegas is one of the five. Los Angeles is one of the five. Not happening. I don't think uh, so. They're like shooting up in COVID cases right now. Chicago is one of the five. I don't nah. think it's likely, although it could accommodate. Um, and oh, plenty of people. The state's reopening. I know that, like, I think Friday was kind of their big reopening day. Edmonton, 
not if Vegas gets it, and Vegas is pretty sure to get it. And Toronto, which... which sounds likely. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to be playing, which is weird. No, I guess we'd be in Vegas. We'd be Vegas, we? baby. Okay, all right. Right. Yeah, it sound, if I had to put my bet on it, it'd be uh, Vegas and Toronto, mm-hmm. more likely than not. Or then I've also heard people say, though, that they're worried about Vegas, so it might actually, for a long time, it wasn't going to be any Canadian cities. They were like, no way, Jose, it's mm-hmm. not happening. And now it's turning into more like, I think it just might be Toronto, Edmonton. I hear a lot of like media people saying, and that's kind of crazy. I'm going to tell you this, couldn't care less. Oh, I don't give a shit. I really don't at all. There's These stadiums are already just similar mm-hmm. without COVID yeah. or anything. They're just very similar. And, and now you're not going to have like Edmonton insignia on it, I assume. I assume no, and, like an yeah, and you just, or yeah, you've just taken everything out of that arena to make it seem like it's a, an actual place and there's no crowd. So yeah, yeah, a literal neutral site. So whatever, I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, this is big news. The uh, NHL is approaching a new collective bargaining agreement, although it's currently, what's it, like a memorandum of an intention? It's an MOU, an IOU. Memorandum of understanding, is that it? Don't like that. Sounds like that could be easily canceled. (laughs) The NHL and the players are closing in on a new collective bargaining agreement that includes remedies for the league's revenue losses due to the coronavirus shutdown, sources confirmed to ESPN on Friday. One source indicated that a memorandum of understanding could be announced as early as Sunday. It's not going to be, but it would be soon. The NHLPA is expected to vote on both a new CBA and the return-to-play protocols that will restart the 2019-20 season this summer, and that would require a vote involving all of its members. Among the return-to-play issues were the approval of safety protocols and the two hub cities that will host 24 teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not a lot changing in the CBA, I think, except Mm -hmm. for... Uh, no changes in the cap for several years. Yeah, I think like and the next two or three. accommodations, I think, for the players' sake. Mm. Um, There's like some 10% capping it and then deferral. Like deferral, yeah. Mm. So, um, great. I mean, if I don't love it for the players, I'd like the players to get more, but if it means there's not going to be a lockout for four or five years fantastic because mm. this kind of is our lockout you know right this kind of came out of nowhere too yeah. i guess maybe with all this downtime they've had a lot of time to sort of talk to the players and the players to talk to the to the league about what they want and so i mean that's one of the positives to this whole pause i guess yeah i think so um i feel like it's not going to be that exciting because i don't think a lot's going to change uh it would cap the Salary cap at 81.5 for the next two years. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to give compliance buyouts, I would think, as part of that. I don't know how you could do that. Just don't be a dumb team. I'd but you can't I know, see yeah. into the past and not be a dumb team. Don't, don't be signing players to crazy contracts. Yeah, I, I agree, but like you can't unsign Justin Falk or whoever, you know? like that Armstrong's fault. I agree, Don't sort of. Idiot. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> I disagree. I would almost always say that, but if you're, but it's three years. It's not just one year. You're just saying don't be an idiot. You need to you need to operate. All right, all right. You need to operate as if the cap is going this, down every listen, year, guys. This podcast is over. This one this is the last episode. Getting on my nerves tonight, and we're done. He's getting a new host. That's right. This is my last episode. CGI puppy. Named Roscoe. 
<laughs> Don't spend too much on the CGI. This is an audio medium. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a word of advice before on your I'm way out. out the door. <laughs> Why would I listen to you? Seattle's uh, Arena got a new name. Was the key arena? That was fun. That sounded nice. I'm gonna say that I despise this with all of my soul. It's not because I'm not pro-climate. You don't like the Climate Pledge well, yeah, Arena? Sorry. So Jeff Bezos bought the naming rights to the renovated key arena and has decided to name uh, uh, name it the Climate Pledge Arena, the CPA. Uh, it will be the world's first zero net zero carbon certified arena, which is... Good. The venue will be powered with 100% renewable energy and generate zero waste from operations and events. In addition, it will use reclaimed rainwater to create the ice surface for hockey games, which is very Seattle. Dope. I'm I'm all for the climate. I'm a big fan of those things. <laughs> Steven loves the climate. Not the current climate. You couldn't do the same thing even and just think of a better name? The Biodome. <laughs> done. The I think ozone. Naming right problems. Done. Water world. <laughs> Planet Hur- of the Apes too. Hurricane Harbor. Um. <laughs> I hate. I hate this so much. They're just gonna call it. Come on down to the. Come on down to the. The pledge. I. I. My hatred for this is stronger than my hatred for the idea of Alexi Lafreniere being a Canadian. Wow. I hate it. I really cool. It's so empty and stupid and meaningless. Welcome to the Climate Pledge Arena, home of your Seattle Sam Squatch. Why didn't you just call it Save the Amazon Arena? (laughs) With Amazon in there, see? That's smart. I don't even even want to get into it because people think I'm being a certain political way which i'm really not it's just an awful name it's just a bad decision and an awful name and then you're gonna have the freaking seattle krakens in there and by the arena is devoted to making ice in the summer it's not like great for the environment i don't believe you that it's zero net emissions well that's gonna be with a fat asterisk you know when you go out back and there's just garbage everywhere and you're like what's this so it's not emitting carbon technically technically what this emits is more noxious than carbon (laughs) but legally we're off the hook this smoke is what the planet craves Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, do you have anything to add there or in the interest of timing, I, should we go on ahead? I hate the blue balling of this where they're like, guess uh, what? Yeah. Here comes the name. Oh, the, the arena. arena. I'm like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> cool. Very neat. I like the idea. Very, very, you know, progressive 2020 awesome. But can I get the goddamn name of this, <laughs> like this fucking team already? And the problem is the fact that they say to my face, in these things, my face specifically, that they say, <laughs> uh, sorry, hold we... Up, hold up, let me find Ian's face. <laughs> yeah. Camera three, push in on it. I would listen. <laughs> they uh, say, we would have revealed the name already if it weren't for like these trying times currently. And we just don't feel like it's the right time to do this. And I'm like, you know what? COVID's going to be around for a very long time. Announce the name of the team now. Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'll hate it immediately. It's going to be the 
Fucking Whatever Kraken. it is, they're gonna have to play in the Climate Pledge Arena. I hope it's a bad name now, because I want it yeah. to be like the Climate Pledge Arena is the home of your Seattle, uh, I don't know, Seattle Walrusai. Like they forget <laughs> that walrus is like a plural, and they're like uh, Walrusai. And they're like, well, you gotta change that. Like, no, we already bought it. Yes. And they're like, and our colors are purple and brown. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Way to go, Jeff. Jeff Bezos, yes, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should we go ahead and talk about the NHL? Excuse me, the hockey. Yeah, hold on now. Wouldn't want to give in to a certain NHL St. Louis Twitter person's misunderstanding of that. Of that. <laughs> outlet but shall we talk about the hockey hall of fame class of 2020 mm-hmm. we have to let's do it we have to i've been fully honest about my ignorance of hockey history in the past but i'm trying to learn more so here we go he's trying jerome ginla on his first ballot gets into the hall of fame after playing five 1554 games 1200 and 19 of those with the Calgary Flames. He had 625 goals, 1,300 points, two Rocket Richard trophies, Art Ross trophy uh, in 2002, his best season, the King Clancy trophy, King Clancy Memorial, something. Yeah, the Ted know. Lindsay Award, the Mark Messier Leadership Award, which is just someone hand-chosen yeah. by Mark Messier. It's whoever he likes. He was a four-time All-Star. He is an absolute shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. No case against him whatsoever. If I heard anyone say, yeah, but he didn't win a cup, I would have killed them. And I'm sure someone did, yeah, but... Um, so silly. I mean, he was on bad... He, I mean, I know he went to the finals in 2004 with the Flames. He was on bad Flames teams. I forget who his center was, but his center was yeah, of no, no note. No good. No good. That, I mean, the Flames have never been good. Have the Flames ever been good? I, I guess mean, they, they won a cup. Yeah, I guess they did have the mustache guy. Yeah, they had Lanny, Lanny McDonald. Lanny! Cat wants to talk, chime in about Jerome McGinley. Well, She's got some strong thoughts. Marion Hosa first ballot. Thirteen hundred nine games, five hundred twenty five goals, eleven hundred thirty four points. I didn't realize he was quite this good. I mean, I did before I said because eh, I'm still kind of eh, but had one hundred forty nine points in two hundred five playoff games. He was the first NHL player to reach three consecutive Stanley Cup final series with three different teams. But that's because he chased the cup like a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so true. And he was a three time Stanley Cup champion. I, I guess he's a Hall of. I mean, he is. Where are his? Independent trophies. Yeah. Where are his just... achievement trophies aside from the Stanley Cup, which is hilarious to say, anyways. It's like, where's all the other shit you did? And like, you won three cups and be like, yeah, whatever. I never felt like Marion Hossa was the best player on his team. Most certainly not in the Blackhawks, for or sure. Or not Penguins. Detroit or the Penguins, but maybe the did maybe Detroit. Yeah. Oh God, no. Uh, maybe on Detroit. the. Atlanta Thrashers, but probably not even then because they had Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. I don't... He's a great number two. I don't think you should have to win independent awards. Agreed. To get you into the Hall of Fame. But then I look at a guy who like Pierre Turgeon, who's not in the Hall of Fame because he didn't win independent awards, mm-hmm. and I compare him to Marion Hossa, and I think, not convinced. Not convinced, especially of a first ballot. Why? Because he got a little skin rash? 
Which I still don't believe, by the way. I still Show me think your that's skin. a salary cap uh, malfeasance. Oh, probably, easily. Peter so, Turgeon had 1,327 points in 1,294 games. And he's not in the Hall of Fame? he's not in the Hall of Fame? Does he have any Stanley Cups? No. Well, there you go, Steve. He he's a piece of shit. He went on Lady Bing, though. He's done more. <laughs> Man, there's even bigger reason he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. Uh, he <laughs> played 15 games in the playoffs with the Blues in 2000. Oh, I thought you were saying 15 playoff games, period. I was like, wow. Points. He had 97 points in 109 career playoff games. He had 15 NHL hat tricks. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Pierre Turgeon, that is. Yeah, I do. And Keith Kachuk is the highest goal scorer who's not in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Oh, I we'll talk think about that. I would put... I'm, I'm biased on both of those guys, obviously, but, like, why are those guys not in? And why is Marion Hossa first ballot? The first ballot thing stings me. It shouldn't. I think Sean yeah. McIndoe of The Athletic Down Goes Brown mm-hmm. on the Puck Soup podcast made the point of, like, that's a very artificial distinction, and it kind of is. Yeah. But it kind of isn't. It's it's not a thing, but it's become a thing, you know? It's its own... Like, planet Earth, you yeah. know, that wasn't a thing, and <laughs> it became a thing. Rocks and heat, uh, gravity. But... You know what? It's yeah, like? they, it's the it's the upper echelon tier. Yeah. It's the elite of the elite. It's the way to separate. Hey, the Hall of Fame has gotten maybe a little too bloated and a little too big. So mm-hmm. now we're gonna say, but were you a first ballot Hall of yeah. Famer? Because that's the real. Those are the real elite players. To which I say, if that's the case, I don't think Marion Hosa should be yeah. one. But I will agree with Sean when he said. It is kind of artificial, and when you make sure. it in, you just make it in. And there's no make it, it in on the first ballot for reasons that are untoward. Yeah, know? and it's but not like, written on their plaque like, oh, he was a fifth ballot Hall of right. Famer. I just think, you know, like, Major League Baseball had a thing for a long time where it was like, for whatever reason, they had committed malfeasance collectively and no one would ever get a unanimous induction into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And then they broke it for Mariano Rivera, I think it was. It was either Rivera or Jeter who got the first one. And I was kind of like, I think it was Rivera. And I'm like, I love Mariano Rivera. That's Not the, the guy, guy that you should break that streak for, though. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, if you're going to do this stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Not him. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, do it for Mike Trout. Do it yeah. for Albert Pujols. Mariano Rivera is the greatest closer ever. Still just a closer, you know? And, like, I, I, I just feel, I, I sort of feel that way with Marion Hosa, where it's like, is it dumb that we think about first ballot as a thing? Maybe. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. But as long as it is a thing, I think it should preclude Marion Hosa from getting into the Hall of Fame. Especially... When doesn't the league limit how many people can go in in a given year? I think or it's like four. Not the I, league, but the NHL. I think it's like, like four, four players in a builder or something. It's like four male players, two oh. female players at most, and a builder. Yeah. So like, that's another year where Turgeon. This is another year where Al- Alfredson. I think this was his first year where he could possibly go in, and I uh, think who was the other guy that they were bitching about? Alexander Moline, Molini, Molgini, 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 McGinley. That's it. Is it McGinley? It is McGinley. Yeah. No, it's McGilney. McGilney. Yeah, McGilney. God, 
Can we cut this whole part out? No, no, this is in. All the rest of it was in, so this one's in too. Um, Who's apparently had a real one really good season, amazing career season in the NHL, uh, was pretty decent the rest of his career, and the big thing is that he was the first Russian player to defect. Yeah, Yeah, and I was like, that's fine, that's cool. I'm all for the Hall of Fame being more than just like you had to be the best player, and it can be like, hey, you had an impact on the game that we can't deny, Uh, kind of like you know a defensive defenseman and yada yada, which we'll get to in a sec here. But like, I don't mind Marian Hossa in the Hall of Fame, but I think he's um, he's kind of a bland Hall of Famer, if I'm being honest. You know, it's like very good player, beyond very good, great player. Should be in the Hall of Fame, but was it immediately? This is the your immediate one. I, uh, eh, I don't know. Eh. That's fine. That's fine. That's what I've I've Down gone back and forth. That's fine. Did an article where he had a one sentence reason for and against every like top mm-hmm. Hall of Fame candidate. The sentences are long, so I kind of cheated. But the case for Marion Hosa was he was a beloved wizard. I don't know what that means. Who scored 500 goals and 1,100 points while playing a Selkie-worthy two-way game, and just about everything seems to agree that he's a Hall of Famer, and you're a bad person if you disagree. Everyone seems to agree. I've written about this before, this is the case again, and always get crushed for it, but Hosa played two decades without ever winning an award and including all those Selkies we've apparently retroactively awarded him, and was only an all-star once, so I genuinely don't understand why he's being moved into the sure thing category, even though I acknowledge that the argument seems to be lost. I think that's a good way of putting it. Well, yeah, that's the other weird thing. This is a guy that got moved into this category because people like it. There was and a I lot don't of like him because yeah. he chased cups and he's a little bitch. There's but, a lot of Blackhawks players that said he was like a great Selkie. Like, oh, he should have been up for the yeah, Selkie. Yeah, but he didn't win, so he wasn't even in the con- he was never in the conversation. You know who won Selkies? Ryan O'Reilly. That's mm. what you need to be all a favor. I thought that was a great, uh, a great little story they had on Puck Soup where uh, Sean was saying that he got a message from a Blackhawks fan that said that um, the only reason that the only reason that Marion Hosa never got consideration for the Selkie Trophy mm-hmm. was because um, Jonathan Taves was always getting consideration. So, like, he was kind of... And the only reason Taves even was could, was the Selkie nominee was because Marion Hosa was actually doing all the work. So, I think Sean had a great point. He goes, so, when we talk about Jonathan Taves for the Hall of Fame, I hope this guy retroactively subtracts any sort of defensive... Uh, comments about Taves because obviously they were all because of uh, mm-hmm. Marion Hossa. Marion Hossa did all that work. Yeah. So Jonathan Taves, uh, shitty defense. Yeah, no, he's exactly de- shitty right. defensive and player. And I think what frustrates me always with Hall of Fame discussions is just that the terminology we use is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. For Turjan, he said, um, oh, crap, i got to find through all these mentions in the comments of Turgeon. His The case for is, at 1,327 points, he's the leading scorer among eligible players who haven't been inducted yet by well over 100 points. That's the whole case, then. He's mm-hmm. at 100 points? Sorry. Yeah. And then his case against is, with no awards except for Lady Bing, and only one season in a 19-year career where he received so much as a single heart vote, Turgeon might be the all-time example of a player who racked up big numbers without ever being considered one of the game's elite. I never considered Marion Hosa one of the game's elite. Mm-hmm. He was a supporting player, a very good supporting player. But, like, 
that's what I'd see. So like, I just, I, that terminology to me is a little confused because it's like, okay, if he's elite and, you know, Turjan isn't, show me how. Personally for me too, I'm, they talked a lot on Puck Soup too about whether they were big Hall of Fame people or small Hall of Fame people, like whether they thought, oh, I believe like everyone should be getting the Hall of Fame, you know, no big deal. You can put whoever you want in or saying, you know what? No, this needs to be very restrictive and have only the elite of the elite mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. And I lean a little more small Hall of Fame. Quite honestly, like I don't know enough about hockey's history to offhandedly say how many people should be in there. But if you name me uh, 100 greatest NHL players like on that list they made, mm-hmm. uh, 200 people. 200 people can be in there. And you can add more, but you got to look at them and be like, is this person elite? Which, again, I think someone on Puck Soup was saying, let's say that for about 20% of their career, if not more, they were one of the top five people of that mm-hmm. position. Marion Hosa received heart votes in five seasons. He was a 10th place finalist, an 18th place finalist, Ooh. a 10th place finalist, a 24th place finalist, and a 24th place finalist. So don't give me this crap. And he didn't play in a league with Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. So, I just, to me, I just don't see the... I don't see the this thick dividing line where it's like, Marion Hossa definitely is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Pierre Turgeon definitely isn't. And I think the line for a lot of these people is just like, oh, we've talked to Marion Hossa. He's a nice guy. We like him. Mm-hmm. You know, we're told he's a great Selkie player, and and some of that has faded away for Turgeon over time. Not that he was a great Selkie player, but like we just don't have as strong of memories of him. Yeah, it's like the longer they aren't in, the less you're going to remember, and the harder it is for them to get in. Yeah, and I'm going to get to some players down here further, which I feel even more strongly about this <laughs> on. Kim St. Pierre uh, is the female inductee this year, uh, deserving one. 83 games played for Canada, 64 wins with 29 shutouts. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Um, Three-time Olympic gold medalist, five-time world championship gold medalist, four Nations Cup gold medalist. She earned best goalie honors at the 2002 Olympics as well as world championships in 2001 and 2004. St. Pierre also won the Clarkson Cup twice with Montreal with the Montreal Stars of the CWHL and was named the league's top goaltender two seasons in a row. This is my favorite thing about the NHL Hall of Fame or the Hockey Hall of Fame is that it does award people who were never NHL players. Mm-hmm. Um, and women, the women's game gets celebrated not as much as it should, but... My, I was going to say, my one complaint, and it isn't even about adding Kim St. Pierre, it's the fact that they're allowed to add two women every year, mm-hmm. and they've only just started this back in, I don't even know, 2010, or maybe not even that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like they have tons of great women players, so they should be adding like two every single year. Yeah. Oh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. Doug Wilson, the dentist... He doesn't like that name, Steve. <laughs> tell me about why. He's your. I mean, he's going to be your tell new. Tell me. Ex- explain to me first why he's named the dentist. Well, so then... well, well, no, he doesn't like it. He hates calling being called the dentist. Yeah. But here's why. Though. <laughs> I always love that they delve deep yeah. into this because when when he's got you on the phone, he's trying to get a trade done. He's working you over. Which again, have you been to the dentist where they just like hold you down and work you the fuck over, like they beat the shit out of you? Because apparently that's what they're like. You know, he's like a dentist. He's just grabbing you by the throat and holding you down until uh, you until you let go and you uh, you want to make that trade. And I'm like, I don't think 
I don't know what kind of dentists you've been to. Mine's very nice. Uh, it's very Ned Flanders-like, so I don't, you know. We actually share this dentist mm-hmm. now, and he's a delight, a mm-hmm. true delight. A real three-way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused for a second. All right, I got it. I'm back. Doug Wilson, 237 goals and 827 points in 1024 games. He won the Norris Trophy in 1982. He was an eight-time All-Star Canada Cup gold medalist. Finished his career in the top 20 in points by a defenseman and top 10 in points per game. Sean McIndoe of the Athletic. McIndoe? How did they pronounce that? They say, like they say, they say McIndoe, I feel like, all Which the time. Wrong. Uh, well, they say McGinnis. So. Here's the complete list of players who both won a Norris Trophy and finished in the top 25 all-time in defenseman scoring but haven't been inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, Doug Wilson. And that's it. So, pretty strong case. Mm-hmm. Doesn't probably hurt him that he's been a pretty successful GM for a long time, too. Yeah. Although, technically, Re- that's a different category. And recently. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Lowe is criminally going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's look at his stats real quick. Because... Yeah. Well, award-wise, he's had six Stanley Cup. He's a six-time Stanley Cup champion, five with the Oilers, one with the Rangers. Uh-huh. Uh, there's King Clancy Award, so there's that one. Well, then we've got to give a Hall of Fame spot to Kelly Chase, too, because he's yeah. also won it. 431 points in 1,254 games. He had a fine career. Uh yeah, you had a fine career. Gwen Sather said, You look at Kevin Stanley Cups, the leadership on our team, the respect of all the players, that certainly would give me all sorts of statistical and psychological information to be in the hall. You don't have to pile up points to be a great player, but you sort of do. Someone said that there was a quote from the GM, someone that uh, ran the Oilers, and they said, Oh, uh, Kevin Lowe is like the Wolfpack leader on that Oilers team and I was like the Mark Messier like Paul Coffey yeah so, uh, Wayne Gretzky Oilers like Kevin Lowe was the leader of that group yeah no, mm. no Mark Messier was the, the leadership award is called the Mark Messier yeah. leadership <laughs> award uh Imagine if it was called the Kevin Lowe Award. I think, uh, and Kevin Lowe just got to pick it. I think... <laughs> that would be ridiculous, Steven. Brown gets, sums this up well again. He says, well, he didn't put out the flashy offensive numbers of his Hall of Fame-worthy teammates, or Hall of Fame teammates. Lowe's blue line steadiness was a crucial piece of the Oilers' dynasty. Was it, though? Crucial? Was it? And his six Stanley Cup rings suggest that a Hall of Fame that doesn't do enough to recognize defensive prowess should consider fixing that by inducting one of the best stay-at-home guys of his era. But the case against, even at a time when Norris voters were willing to recognize defensive defensemen like two-time winner Rob Langway, Lowe was never a finalist and only received votes in four of his 19 seasons, and there's a danger in getting caught up in counting cup rings for guys who happened to play for star-studded dynasties. I'm going to say this. The Hall of Fame does not need to recognize defensive defensemen at all. I think... If you are a truly extraordinary mm. defensive defenseman, maybe. I think they should, but it's got to be, like you said, it's got to be extraordinary. And I think Sean made a good point where he was saying, if you have the Selkie, and we, I think we've talked about this before, if you have the Selkie and it's for the best defensive forward, 
And then you have the Norris Trophy, which is the best defenseman all around. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but that's kind of leaning now more towards like, be- you know, best offensive defenseman really in this era. Maybe they need to make like a Langway Award for best defensive defenseman. And then if you got your six cups and hey, you won four Langways, wow, holy cow, you're probably pretty good, you know. But if yeah. you have, but you have no individual trophies for being a defensive defenseman, there's no real way again to measure that, which is really hard and makes the argument even harder to but, include people in the Hall of Fame when there's just no measurement other than being like, people problem, going, you were a good guy. You really did. You were that, hard to play against. I, I do agree with you. I think there should be a defensive defenseman award. However, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of someone who is a really good def- defensive forward. Ivan Barbashev, mm-hmm. pretty good defensive forward. He's not a perfect example. He's not a selkie winner. No, I don't want somebody that good, though. I want somebody, like, there are plenty of fourth-line guys, third-line guys, who are really good defensive... uh, Oscar Sundquist, there's a good example. Oscar Sundquist, a phenomenal penalty killer, phenomenal defensive player. Mm -hmm. Is he a phenomenal hockey player? No, because... I would ag- I would agree with that when we're talking like Kevin Lowe type defensive defenseman where you're saying okay right. he's not he's defenseman when he's on a good team but he's not outstanding but I'd say like you're the reason you've heard of Langway is because he was sure, an amazing sure, sure, defensive sure, defenseman sure, sure, sure. that's fine it does but make it harder is, my point is Oscar Sundquist does one aspect of the game very well mm-hmm. he is not a great hockey player because he doesn't play the game overall very well. Kevin Shattenkirk, very good offensive defenseman. Is he a good defender or a defenseman? He's a good piece to have, mm-hmm. but you can't have him all the time. And I just think, especially in a t- in a league and on that team where points were a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. and you can get four hundred in twelve hundred games. I just, I just. No, I mean, I agree. Kevin Lowe should not be in the Hall of Fame. I yeah, but I, you know, well, Jay Bowmeister, is he a Hall of Famer? He's got the triple gold. There's only like twenty people that have done that. No, he's not. Like no, he's very good. Okay, but wouldn't he have won probably a Norris the the counterpart the Langway Award if it existed wouldn't he have won that a couple times probably yeah but I'm not saying that's going to say that's not going to be a thing where you now win he's some got of a that cup. I'm not saying you win this Langway Award and then you're like well I guess you're in, I guess you're in now but then where's your line like seven of those like something okay. ridiculous I'm okay, asking well, for something I ridiculous with you, but then the league doesn't need to do a better job of recognizing defensive defensemen no they do because they still deserve an award sure the league but not the Hall of Fame that's fine. That's not. Okay, but my but argument that's... is that it's still going to be something where it's got to be ridiculous. But also, does it have to be? Because you could be a very. The, I don't agree with the if you're really good at one thing, then you shouldn't be in sort of thing. Because if you're really good but... at just shooting the puck, agreed. Because you're bad at skating and things. But if you're good at defending, that's a lot of things. That's true. But that's then, a lot. That's a half but then of the I game. I feel like you're not a small hall guy. That's half of the... No, no, no. Because just because you're a good defensive defenseman doesn't mean you're in the Hall of Fame. You have to be an outstanding defensive defenseman the same way you have to be an outstanding offensive defenseman. If you're an offensive defenseman, you're like, I got my 600 points in my 1,000 games. That's a lot of points for a defenseman. Not good enough. Not good enough for me. You. My argument is... If you got to be a really good defensive defenseman to make it in, which I'm saying you have to, you also have to be, for these offensive defensemen, just as good to take a bunch of them out. 
Take take Doug Wilson out. Your top twenty five. You were in the top twenty five scoring all time, which means sure. which means really right. you're in top. You're like under twenty. Yeah. Or you're over twenty or whatever. Not good enough. I'm fine with that. So I'm not, and I'm not saying Kevin Lowe needs to be in there either, but I'm just saying there's probably people other than Langway that were extremely good defensive defensemen that probably deserve to be in there. And just because they couldn't score all that well doesn't mean that they're not like a Hall of Fame worthy player. I'm willing to trade some of those offensive people out because they're just like, ah, I was pretty good. I scored a lot, yeah? And be like, mm, not good enough. Then what would you say? And flip in people that are extremely good defensively. What would you say about someone like Ryan O'Reilly, who is a very good overall player mm-hmm. and is the best person at face-offs in the history of the league? Is that is that Hall of Fame worthy? That'd be worth. It... That'd be worthy of how many how many seasons does he have best face-off or whatever? I don't know a bunch. But also, I would I would argue this: having face-offs are very crucial. I, d- I agree. Defense but there's is also a whole just one thing. thing. Right. Yeah, sure, but like. It's just I'm not, I'm not I don't I'm not trying to fight because I don't you know I think you're fine. This is my last right. episode. <laughs> Ended on a high note or a low note. All I'm saying is Jay Vomeister had 14 fewer games and seven fewer points in an era than Kevin Lowe mm-hmm. in an era where it was much harder to get either of those things. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one is making the case for oh, Jay no. Vomeister to be in the yeah. Hall of Fame. Kevin Lowe won six cups because he rode Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier's coattails. These dudes, I don't care if he was vocal in the locker. Yeah, these mean, dudes voting I don't know for why this I'm know so him. much because I know you also agree that Kevin Lowe shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but just like these yeah. guys know Kevin Lowe. Yeah, Jay Bowmeister's a That's great guy. It. He had a tragic end to his career. We're we gonna put him in just on because he's a decent guy no so it annoys me yeah if it's me you, sh- you shrink the hall of fame by like a good like 25 yeah. percent. but that's just me saying like i want the best of the best and i'm also on rooting for a team that's never really in the last whatever 20 years mm-hmm. had the best of the best so i'm kind of like i don't need that i don't need i don't need you to to pity me and be like ryan o'reilly will go in whenever i see blues fans arguing like the the Jay Bowmeister thing I've even seen that they're like you know or the what number should we retire sort of dealio and I'm kind of like I don't know none of them yet I mean one someday maybe you know Petrangelo if you Petran- see her longer if Petrangelo's here his whole career he should get the statue and yeah. the number and but that's what I mean but like fame. but there's we don't know thing, yet yeah that's true I'm just thinking like there's always a thing where there's like that's our guy it's the it's the um it's the prospect pyramid where it's like. This is our best prospect, so he's in the top tier, and it's like mm, that's not what we're, that's oh, not what our prospect pyramid is. Perfect example, and this drives me insane. Jonathan Taves will be a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, and he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame at all. He's not even my in the face discussion. The pavement. <laughs> he shouldn't even be in the discussion at all, at all. That's my problem. Is like if you're a great you're a great player, and like if you're but you're a great player, but also. You're an elite player. We just have to say, you know, I don't like it. I it, love it. I But if never, you're only a great player, you're not in the Hall of Fame. I never in my life want to be caught dead saying something nice about Patrick Kane, but it is criminal I know, that those so players are treated like <laughs> equals 1A and 1A. They're like, these guys are like it the is, same for us, are they not? It is inexplicable <laughs> that Patrick Kane, who is... 
maybe the second best, probably behind Ovechkin too, maybe the third best player of the last decade. Possibly the best American player ever? Ever? Probably. I would probably. say probably. Probably better than Mike Medano at this point. Is treated like he and Jonathan Taves and Duncan Seabrook and Brent... <laughs> Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. Yeah. All basically equally as good. Yeah, you're all just the... You're the... You're yeah, the Blackhawks core. Like, D- take Patrick Kane out see how they do. Yeah. They don't want any cups. I just, he's getting what? He got 100 points last season like when they were Patrick awful. Kane, he's a bad person. And he's a Blackhawk. But, like, if we're talking about the sport, mm-hmm. get out of here. Get out of here. <sighs> Ken Holland also went in as the builder category. The Red Wings won four Stanley Cups with him in po- prominent positions. One as an assistant GM, three as the primary GM, the only GM. The Red Wings also won 10. Central Division titles with Holland at the helm and four President's Trophies. I know there are some people that think he shouldn't be in there. They don't really have a case to me. Mm -hmm. Although it is weird that we are inducting people into the Hall of Fame that are actively... Like Gary Bettman last year. (laughs) That's the craziest thing. Um, He should introduce himself at the next live draft as Hockey Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, Gary Bettman. Ooh, I love it. He loves being a heel. It's his natural role. Snubs. Is Daniel Alfredson a snub? I'm going to say no. No. For all the reasons that Marion Hossa shouldn't be a first out Hall of Famer, Daniel Alfredson shouldn't be a first real, out Hall of Famer. Real mean. Probably yeah. shouldn't be a Hall of Famer if we're a small Hall guy. Oh no, I'm like real mean. But if you're a good, if you're a good to great player and you play in the league for forever, that doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer. That just means you're a prominent player, mm-hmm. especially in that market. That's one of those things. Retire his number, build a statue, amazing player for your team. But that doesn't mean like the rest of the NHL. He's like a Hall of Famer. Anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, down goes Brown makes the point of you wonder if he's destined to become the poster child for the Hall of Very Good. We should have a Hall of Very Good. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I basically agree with you that, like, every Hall of Fame... I mean, it always becomes bloated. It's, it's what nature of the is, beast. Like, it's such an answer to all the problems. It's an answer to the steroid stuff in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark McGuire is not a Hall of Famer if you have a contained contained Hall of Fame. There's no argument, you know? Yeah. The argument for McGuire comes because of the steroid, you know, because of the bigger Hall of Fame. And, like, you know, Barry Bonds is his own thing and all that stuff. But just, like, it is the Hall of Fame for a reason. And I don't think... Yeah, I don't think I I don't know if Daniel Alfredson's a Hall of Famer. If it's if it's the Hall of honoring players that were the face of a franchise for fifteen years, mm-hmm. then that's a different thing. Because what if the franchise kind of sucked like the Senators did most of that time? You know, so it's just the same argument as like elite and stuff. Where I'm just like, who's elite? What is elite? Alexander McGillney, we mentioned. You can make the case for the Russia thing, and mm-hmm. I think. You know, there should maybe be an argument for having a sort of subsection of the hall where you're not in as a career, you know, phenomenal player, but you are in as like a an attraction. <laughs> no, but like you know, you are in for for having a look at this guy. That's right. <laughs> but um, you know, for whatever accomplishments, whatever you've done to build the game, yeah. the Willie over a section. 
you know, not a Hall of Fame player by any means. He only played like I think like twenty NHL games or something. Yeah. But like, and I've seen arguments to her like, well, you're well, you know, I've seen like people want to be a small Hall of Fame, but then they want to allow these people in. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I you can make that distinction. I hate that people are black and white about things. They're like, no, it's everyone or nothing. It's like, no, I'm saying if you're supposed to be known for your playing, mm-hmm. for now how outstanding a play, outstanding a player you are, you have to be outstanding. Yeah, and but you can also be in the Hall of Fame for other. things things mm-hmm. when it, and it's obvious then it's not this weird like well why is Alger McGinley in, or Mulgilney and I don't understand he's not as good it's like well read the plaque yeah. or like <laughs> or do a little research yeah. it's like there's a difference Keith Kachuk 33 all-time in goals top 35 minutes Kachuk um the top 35 sorry in the goals category minus Kachuk are all in the Hockey Hall of Fame or are still playing in the case of Ovechkin and Marlowe he was 12th in power play goals and is one of three NHL players with 500 goals and 2,000 penalty minutes. Do you think Keith Kachuk should be in the Hall of Fame? Mm, not necessarily. Do you think Keith Kachuk should be in the Hall of Fame if Brady and Matthew are as good as they look? Because that's a weird hockey thing. I don't necessarily. If you got good kids, you get to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? I don't know if you're the paterfamilias of a hockey dynasty and you already had a pretty good case yeah before i could see him going down the road like i get what people say i don't think he should be in i'll just say i i i just think he's right on that yeah. cusp the that's the thing. very good whenever you want to argue like oh but he's top 35 he's 33 in the top 35 in goals and you look at the list there's a two guys below him obviously that have it and then everyone else peters out mm-hmm. and nobody else in the hall of fame underneath them that have whatever goals that are like 39 40 mm-hmm. whatever at some point there's i'm not calling for like a strict cutoff or like a perfect but line but there has to be a yeah that's what i mean there has to be a thing where it just peters out yeah. otherwise you're gonna say well they're top 40 you know yeah. everyone who's top 40 gets in except for this guy and then the next one you go well he's 41 he's just outside 40 for you know 40th for all-time well, also, goals like if oh, this guy's 43 and when we let him 41 and 42 and it's like okay so now it's top 200 in goals yeah. you're in and they're like well, what about 201 right. it's the same reason that why are the buffalo sabers not in the playoffs this year they only missed by a point because there's a line yeah you have to have a line yeah it's you why know so and angry in, about in 30 years he'll be out of the top 50 you know so like he's very good and i love well, him as a blue and here's i, I want to go back and clarify something once there be any misunderstanding i don't think pierre turgeon should necessarily be in the hall of fame mm-hmm I just think if you're making an argument where, like, yeah, Marion Host is on the first ballot, mm-hmm. and then you turn around and tell me Pierre Turgeon was never elite, mm-hmm. and he didn't get hard votes, and so why would you put him in the Hall of Fame? I'm like, get the F out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, but I think he shouldn't be in, and I don't think Keith Kachuk could be in, because, like, there's there does have to be a line. And it do, like you said, it's not a black and white line where it's like everybody with 538 goals gets in, mm-hmm. everybody with 537 or less doesn't get in, or whatever. But like, you know, if 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 you're just gonna literally, you know, in, in baseball, it's like well, the 3,000 hit club, the 500 home run club, you usually get in. Mm-hmm. I think for but hockey, like, they're always like, if you have over 600 goals, goals, 600 goals, you're like automatically in. And like a thousand points or like a 1200 points or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, 
that's fine. But like, if that's if if you want to canonize that or codify mm. that, then codify it, mm-hmm. and then stop voting on those people and just put them in, and then you can. If, I mean, if if you're gonna go big hog, nut up and do it. But like. Mm-hmm. If you really think this is a debate, then there has to be a cutoff. And to me, Keith Kachuk, there's a, if there's a cutoff in anything, there's always going to be the closest person to the line. Yeah, exactly. You there's know? always going to be someone that just if, barely if didn't make voting it. voting ends at 7 p.m. and everybody in line by 7 p.m. gets to vote and someone walks in at 7 and 2 seconds mm-hmm. and they've put the stanchion up already... You're the first person that missed, mm-hmm. and 500 more people may come after you to try and vote, and they'll all not get to go too. And maybe you were the feel like you were the most screwed, but sorry, you mm-hmm. didn't quite make it, you know. And I think that's kind of what Keith Kachuk is, and it's like it's just event. It's a diminishing return eventually, because like you said, if you say, well, everybody in the top 35 has got to be in, then what's the case against the top 40? What's the case against the top 50, you know? So that's my thought on that. Uh, Justin Falk had a lengthy interview in The Athletic. Uh, I don't know, if, do we want to go deep into all these quotes or do we want to no, just we kind can of summarize. It? Basically just kind of admitted that he recognized that he wasn't super good this season. Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> uh, and kind of talked about his he sort just, of... He just wants you to know that he knows too. That's right. He kind of talked about his struggles to fit in on the Blues night. I think it's fair. I think he was put in a weird position from the very beginning. Mm-hmm which to me is like one of the reasons I'm not sure we're going to re-sign Alex Petrangelo is because I, that trade still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the extension especially doesn't make a whole lot of sense in a world where Alex Petrangelo is still here. Which again, too, when people get angry about him sometimes, they're like, and there's this extension of like, let's be fair, that's Doug Armstrong's fault. Yeah. That's not Justin Falk's yeah, fault. No, absolutely not. Justin Falk makes perfect sense to sign a long extension with the Stanley Cup champions. Why wouldn't you? But, um, you know, I, I, I haven't given up on Justin Falk being a, a solid player for the Blues. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't... I. He didn't look to me this year like a Yori Laterra or Patrick Berglund or somebody at the end of their time with the Blues where it's just like, oh, sweet Lord. That's the thing. I didn't. I don't think he was a pylon. He didn't look useless he out did there. A, he had a, a number of plays where you're like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. Justin. And the reality is, like, those are going to happen to anybody and there's a microscope on him because he's new and he's now part of the Stanley Cup team and he gets this big contract and people are human that stuff affects them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm not saying that's an excuse for him because it's not necessarily but like i just think i if he was a disaster he would have looked like more of a disaster that's what i mean i don't score many points and he had some big blunders but he didn't look like he couldn't keep up that's the thing i don't think he looked actively bad yeah i'm not like oh jesus every time i see him out there it's just that he wasn't doing as well as people hoped and again he went from a team where he was essentially their number one defenseman, mm-hmm. more or less, was kind of falling out of that that position a little bit with their younger guys coming up. But and he played with like two 
two different defensemen while in Carolina, like over the last couple of years, that was it. Like mm-hmm. two separate pairings for him. And then I think he played with literally every defenseman last year on the Blues, yeah. including Pouliot. Let me read this real quick. With the Hurricanes in a six-year span from 2013 to 2019, he was second on the team in ice time per game and tops in power play ice time uh, with 246. He scored 72 goals, 11th most among NHL defensemen, and had 221 points, 26th, and played in the three consecutive All-Star games from 2015 to 2017, which admittedly is more an indictment of the Hurricanes than it is a praise (laughs) of Justin Falk, but still. Furthermore, last season, Falk primarily played with just two defensive partners at even strength, Calvin DeHaan and Brett Pesci. That was 701 minutes and 564 minutes, respectively. He didn't play with any other blue liner for more than 46 minutes. With St. Louis this season, he played 454 minutes uh, at even strength, which is a just a huge drop off. Well, no, I guess it's not because that's a cumulative or no it's not yeah it's a big drop off from his, <laughs> his carolina minutes with seven different partners jay bowmeister 186 minutes vince dunn 164 minutes alex petrangelo 74 minutes colton pareko 20 minutes carl gunnerson 18 Derek pouliot as you mentioned nine minutes and 16 seconds and robert bortuzzo two minutes and 40 seconds the trial period included time in all three pairs including on his offside opposite Petrangelo, and as he said, every day was just trying to figure out where I'm going to slide in, left side, right side, and it switched back and forth. I played more on the left as the season went on, and I got a lot more comfortable. Petro and I started to find some pretty good chemistry playing as a pair. I didn't expect it to come in one game, which it didn't, clearly. I just think it was a little bit of moving thing, a little bit of a moving thing, and we kind of had to figure it out. I have no no issue taking responsibility for my play. I take no responsibility (laughs) for my play. I have no issue taking responsibility for my play. I think we can all agree that it was pretty poor for a good part of the season there. I don't know if I have one thing that I can pinpoint as to why. Like I said, I don't blame that by any means as to why I took a while to get comfortable and get my game. It could be an array of things, but I don't think too much about why. It's just that personally, I don't play. I didn't play all that well. Sports are the only place in the world. They're the only job you can have where you can move to a totally new job in a totally new city and be expected to be better immediately mm-hmm. upon your arrival. <laughs> and you, you better know, work it. If out. you start at any other company, you get a month, two months of a trial period where it's like, hey, are you improving? Are you learning these things that you're supposed to do? Are you getting better? Mm-hmm. And then maybe if you're three or four months in and you haven't improved, then we talk about, oh, this guy's not going to work out. But Justin Falk was doubted from the very beginning because it sparked fear about Petrangelo because people didn't like the extension. And I understand that. I'm a fan too. I get it. But like, I just don't think let's give up on this guy Mm -hmm. because first of all, you got him. So, you know, I, I hate, I do hate this tendency on blues Twitter and I'm sure it's true in every team's Twitter Mm-hmm. That there are just certain players that we all collectively decide are, you know, are scapegoats. And it frustrates me even more because then, you know, Jake Allen had a phenomenal season. But then when 
there are players like Jake Allen who really was bad last year. It gives some people ammunition to say, well, you're just scapegoating him like you do everyone else. And it's like, no, he actually is bad. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's frustrating. It's our team root for everybody. You know, it's sort mm -hmm. of my, sort of my philosophy. You want everyone to do good. And so this was kind of an article that I feel like is sort of like, duh, he didn't say anything groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, it would have been a bigger deal to me if he'd said, no, it's great this season. I don't know what everybody's talking about. I don't expect like, to get any better. I just think, let's give him a chance to prove himself and improve, not just in the mm -hmm. playoffs, but next season. And It was kind of silly to see people like, that's the thing is like, you just extended them. And it's kind of crazy when I read people like, well, we can trade him. And then there's all these fantasy trades. Or I'm like, you do realize he has like yeah. six more years, $6.5 million. And that's not every team's cup of tea. The thing you don't like, they can see as well. Yeah. And you're like, please, they'll just trade him to here and here and here. And I'm like, eh. that stuff drives me insane. You might be able to get him like for Seattle to pick him in the expanded any, draft. If that's who you want to free up. But even then, I don't know that they're going to do that. So any tweet that is like, this player is garbage. I can't wait till we trade him is always like, Hmm. <laughs> do you think these teams don't have scouts? You think they can't search Justin Falk on Twitter? You know, like let's, let's be real here. If he's garbage, he's garbage. I don't think he's garbage, mm -hmm. but it's self-defeating in both directions because either we can trade him and he's not garbage or he is garbage and we can't trade him, but you can't have it both ways. So, um, that's just a little bit of blues news to discuss before we get out of here. Hockey could be back in a month. We could be watching hockey in almost a month. It could be. Or talking about at least the late stages of training camp sort of thing. Late stage capitalism. Late stage pancreatic cancer. Oh, no. <laughs> Sad. Uh, anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? we got a two-hour episode of well, one hour and fifty-five minute episode. Oh, we can do it. We can do it. Well, by the time we add themes and stuff, but I say we talk for a little bit. We longer. pad a little bit. Do you use? I still. I can't wait to find out what that uh, quiz was that you had for me last week. Oh, it's still there. We're just oh, not no, going to do know, it yet. I know. I know. I know. Oh, okay. I know. We're not doing it this week. Good lord. Next week when there's no content. Do I use what? Where do you, you use a top sheet on your bed? Have you ever used a top sheet? I don't even know if I know what a top sheet is. You know, like like a sheet. You know, like a sheet you'd put over yourself. Like under a comforter? Yeah. Then yeah, okay. I guess. I yeah. have one on there right now. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Peel back the layers of your bed. Letting people know that this is a... Okay. Is that... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Because this GQ... Do you not use those? Because this GQ article says, fuck top sheets. And then on here it says, some people enjoy using top sheets. Those people are wrong. And I, to that I say, what am I supposed to put over my body yeah. in the dead of summer? And if someone's like, you don't put anything. I'm like, well, then who's going to eat my skin at night? Because <laughs> <laughs> so something will. That blue blanket there is my summer blanket because the air, you know, the holes, yeah. it's thinly knitted. And so the holes let fan air get through and air conditioning. So I'll admit that my bed's not always made. And so sometimes, you know, it's just that or the comforter or whatever. But mm -hmm. also in summer, I make it cold as crap in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Because this is not the climate pledge suburban <laughs> house. And, uh, I, Fuck the it feels like winter anyway. If if God, you know, as long as my air conditioner's working. And here's the thing. My air conditioner's not working. 
ain't sleeping. Yeah, it's over, baby. <laughs> I cannot sleep in 70 degree temperatures. I mean that seriously. I have Stop a problem. Stop laughing. <laughs> Please. This is my oh, life. Help. And this room is poorly ventilated as it is. So I struggle. But yeah, top ship. What? Well, what's GQ's point? I don't know. I was trying to read a little bit on it, but it was like, some people enjoy the top sheets. We know that top sheets are, it says are a scam. I was like, what? They're invented by China. The top sheet doesn't limit itself to one variety of tangle. Oh, it's tangled. Oh, it gets tangled now. Okay. Here's the thing, GQ. I get it. You're, you're for men. You're for, you're a man's, a man's uh, magazine. And Steven, I know you admit it's not making your bed sometimes. That's fine. That's okay. But sometimes these magazines like talk about men like they're Neanderthals. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of them are. Yeah. And you sit there and they're like, I don't like top sheets because it gets all wrinkly and shit. And I can't get out of bed in the morning. And I'm like, well, you know what? Stay inside because the world's not for you. Yeah. Like if, if a top sheet... Is causing your life problems. I'm sorry to inform you that life is going to get harder the moment you leave yeah, your bedroom. I think about that sort of thing so much. They cover our faces like a suffocating veil. <laughs> Why are they on your face? And my best... Why are they on your face? Who puts covers over their head? I don't know. Are they... They're like, like this. This is... Yes. Okay, I'm confused. I get that this is kind of like a joke article because they're overly angry about it, but also, like, don't peddle Do this shit to me. you ever think about how people are so different from you? I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but, like... Do it. Have you ever thought about how... Here's your, like, stoned moment that I've never been stoned, so I wouldn't know if it actually is the thought I would have, but... Have you ever thought about how if you stepped into someone else's consciousness for one second, you you would explode, like your brain would stop? Like you wouldn't be able to process? Everything you'd experience would be completely different? Mm-hmm. You can't mind control people. Your brain would break. Well, except for pizza. Everyone likes pizza. Okay. Well, what kind of pizza so, would I like? But yeah. you could. What if you stepped into the brain of someone who loved Hawaiian pizza? I know you're fine with Hawaiian pizza. I'm fine with it. Deep dish? Here's the thing. I'd throw myself yeah, out the that's window. Yeah, that's right. That's right. For you, that's right. I don't... So, like, yeah. Why do people care about top sheets? I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy world out there, man. Also, GQ, do we not have some problems to discuss before we get to top sheets? Here you go. When the archaeologists uncovered the world's oldest known bed, believed to be from 77,000 years ago, the researchers found top sheets made out of greenery that likely repelled mosquitoes. That sounds helpful. Unfortunately, 500-count cotton doesn't repel pests. In fact, a lead researcher on the project wrote that these ancient sleepy people <laughs> lit the used bedding on fire, possibly as a way to remove pests. So it sounds like top sheets have a history of not working that well. Heed your ancestors. Burn your top sheets. <laughs> I do like how that was written. That was fun. That's funny. But also, uh, no. I'm, why would I heed the? Why would I heed someone from seventy-seven thousand years ago? Let me throw a suggestion right quick past GQ magazine. 
Maybe buy nicer sheets. <laughs> Maybe don't stop at 500. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what my thread count is, and I will be honest with you. I have Amazon Basic Sheets on my bed. I hope that, that, that they're called Amazon Basic yeah, Sheets. Yeah, literally. Ooh. Yeah, that's like their brand name. But they are comfortable as hell. They are the nicest sheets I've ever slept in, and I've honestly thought... You know, I ignore most podcast ads, but whenever I hear like the bowl and branch ads or the mm. really fancy sheets ads, I'm like, I feel like I can someday. You're like someday. You like, I mean, hotel sheets when you get the really nice ones, you're like, oh, this does feel different. I didn't think this <laughs> I'm was a, a thing, king. This, <laughs> exactly. And the bed is like seventy feet wide. It's like not even king size. I don't like, like when the beds are my height or a little less. But they're the width Wider of like Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, why would I need to roll all the way over here? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what if you want seven people to sleep in this? Place? I was gonna say, I was gonna say, why would I need to roll over when here went, for the orgies? When I went to... <laughs> for the orgies. When I went to Houston, it was a nice hotel, but it was the weirdest like arrangement of a hotel I'd ever been in. It was. It was like a suite a little bit in that it had like a, a living room space, but it didn't really because it was a big square. The bathroom was on the right as you enter, which all hotel bathrooms always are. That's Because the they know when you're trying to get in, you got to take yeah. a dump. And you're like, get me in, let me the fuck in. <laughs> but to your left was like a sort of kitchenette, like the coffee area and mm. all that stuff. And then opposite that was like a desk. Oh, they always gonna have a desk. Which no, but it wasn't like just a desk. It was also like a bar, like a little bit of a bar, like a like an island sort of a double. Okay. Then behind that was the living room area, and it had an ottoman that was fully under a table <laughs> in front of the couch. So to pull out the ottoman, I had to like push it all the way out the side and like turn it around in front of the couch. And then the bed was tucked back away in the corner and was the size of the entire room. So it was very strange. But anyway, we're at 203 minutes now. We did it. So we've done it. You folks got your content. Remember this when next week's 39 minutes because <laughs> Roscoe is going to need training. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Do you have any final farewells? Again? Um, you any know, final it was, a, it was the... a fun run. It's fun while it lasted. You know, I had a lot of... A lot of laughs, a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, mostly tears, I think. <laughs> well, that's just for I think the Steve, I think Steve and, uh, added most of that out, but, yeah. you know, there was well, a lot know, of crying. It's true, but it's just out of love. It's, you know, I correct you harshly because I care about you. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I'm leaving the uh, podcast. Oh, Steven says there's better options until, for me. Until our All-Stars episode in 2028, Ian signing off for the final time. Uh, the floor is yours. Take it away. Uh, you know... Don't meet your heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't meet them. All right, folks. Don't meet your heroes. Good night, everybody. I can be your hero, baby. I can kiss away the pain. I will stand by you forever. My breath
breath away 